Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey kids. I don't know if you are kids. I don't know. I've not asked your ages. It's like the Oh, what a weird beginning to a but podcast. But they're all your kids, aren't they? They're, 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 they're your family. We are literally recording this in the same room as one of my kids. Um, Amelia's just hiding in the corner. Um, so, welcome to Tuesday Night Jaw on the Distraction Pieces Network. It's the Elimination Chamber Roundtable. Um, it's kind of a... It's, it might not be a three-hour one, guys, um, because i got to be up really early tomorrow, and my two guests are tired, and there's a baby asleep upstairs, and... We're going to be concise. Say that now. It's totally not going to happen, is it? It's not going to happen. And no. we'll still be here at two in the morning. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, a uh, couple of quick little plugs. Obviously, support everything on the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, not just this podcast, but Distraction Pieces itself with Scrooby's Pip. Uh, stop and search uh, and say why to drugs. Support all them. Rate and review them on iTunes. Subscribe to them. Um, just, you know, pick up strangers' phones. Go into the podcast app. Subscribe to them. Just keep subscribing to them. Um, until until we've got more subscribers than we know what to do with. Um, my website, jimsmallman.com. Because the wife was on last week, um, I've sold loads of extra copies of my downloads. So that's jimsmallman.com slash mygirls. Um, also, uh, my gigs are on there, and there's some videos and stuff like that. Um, uh, and progresswrestling.com, progress, uh, demand-progress.com to watch all the progress shows for roughly about £5 a month. Um, do all that stuff. That's me plugs done with. Guests. Uh, guest number one. Um, he looks undead and he's afraid of bread. Uh, Matt Richards. Hey. That was quite good, actually. That's all right, isn't it? Um, what are you wearing today, Matt? What's, what, what's, 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 I'm what's wearing your torso? A, I'm wearing a t-shirt without sleeves. But it's nearly got sleeves, hasn't it? It's yeah, not... it's the suggestion of sleeves. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why I've got it. I, I genuinely, like, the first thing I grabbed. I mean... Obviously, you're wearing a Distraction Pieces podcast T-shirt, yeah. Um, because you know Pip, Pip would know if you weren't wearing it. <laughs> I'm on, I'm on company brand yeah. at all times. Um, it's going to be some Tuesday Night Jaw merch very, very soon. I've seen the designs for it, so that's going to be in the next week or so. Sweet. Um, I'll, I'll hook you up. Thanks, bro. Thanks. As you were, I mean, you're a common contributor to this now. I am. You are both yeah. a contributor and common. Uh, <laughs> Is the uh, T-shirt design going to be similar to that famous martyrdom uh, painting, except it'll be Matthew on a cross with loads of breadsticks stuck into him? 
Oh, it's like some hipster, yeah, hipster Jesus of Naz. When did you last eat bread? Uh, <laughs> probably like eight months ago. It's yeah. and just the worst thing is now, like I'm trying to like proper take care of myself, so I've not had carbs for ages. So I wonder you sound so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I sound more manly. Like my voice has got deeper and over, but no. Is that is it the lack of carbs that has made you sound more manly? No, it's probably a lack of sleep, but but you know. You're in, are you off? You're off overseas this week. Aren't you? I'm going to well Dublin. Is that overseas? Well, it is over a sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew, yeah. yeah but it is I, in a different country. Yeah, in no, a country that remains in the EU. Yeah, yeah. Dublin. I'm I'm going to an event um, that will be attended by the mayor of Dublin, who apparently is is quite a high up person. Um, so I just said, well, I won't speak to him. Um, and yeah, <laughs> what are you of, doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm presenting. I'm presenting. It's um, a Minecraft event. So um, uh, the guys from Mojang are actually going to be there. The guys that made Minecraft. So that'd be cool. Nice. Yeah. I really hope my daughter's playing Minecraft right now on her iPad. Yeah. That would make this amazing. Are you, playing, amazing. Like, are you playing Minecraft? No. Okay. No. Um, you should. Are you watching videos <laughs> about Minecraft? Okay. Good. Um, guess number two. Uh, another common contributor to the show, arguably the apart from myself, the and Scroobius, <laughs> apart, from, apart from me and Scroobius Pip, the commonest contributor to the show. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Future Shock Honcho um, uh, and all round good egg Chris Brooker. Uh, good evening. That was good, wasn't it? I made that sound really polite and good. Um, yeah. Um, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, in keeping things consistent, I should like to say that I am currently also wearing a T-shirt, uh, my favourite one, which has a, uh, a, a sort of a mashup of uh, the Lego Movie and the Guardians of the Galaxy, which my brother Kevin, who you know, yes, it's a lovely man, lovely man, uh, bought for me, and and is distinctive because it's one of the few times of my, you know, when you open a Christmas present, and you have to pretend to be happy. I didn't have to pretend when I unwrapped this. It was I, pure joy. Do you know what? We went into Liverpool today. We went to Liverpool one for um, my daughter, my wife, and my son's first trip to Red Street Barbecue. Um, pil- it is genuinely a pilgrimage. Yeah, bear in mind, my, my missus does not like barbecue flavored stuff. Yeah, I remember but, this thing. Yeah. But um, I read the menu out to her last night, and she realised there was a burger in there called the Juicy Lucifer, which was full of cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's in between bread, Matt. You can't have it. Um, but. I mean, if if I was going to name something after the Antichrist, it would be cheese. I mean, immediately it would be bread for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. It's all right. They do a gluten-free option. They'd serve it between coasters for you or beer mats. <laughs> yeah. Just but, um, slap it into your face. <laughs> so we went there, but on our way there, we got to wait for it. We got there really early. We were really desperate for it to open. But on our way there, we went to the Lego shop. Mm-hmm. And I can't go into a Lego shop without wanting to buy everything in there. Um, And... There's no WWE Lego, is there? There's been no. Mega Blocks Lego, yeah, I'm sure yeah. there has, um, but never WWE Lego. So if you're listening, Lego, make WWE Lego, and then and then make a Lego WWE game. Yes, money. I've I've got that. Or I've, or I've got that. Um, the game they keep advertising on pay per views. I've got that on my phone. Oh <laughs> the, the, the class of the it's, cha- champions. It's thing. really ridiculously complicated, but surprisingly really good. <laughs> If they get a Lego contract, they could put WWE people into Lego dimensions. So you could like have a dream team of like John Cena, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Gandalf. Seriously, Vince, 
do this. This is just a festival of product placement today, yeah. isn't it? Red's True Barbecue, <laughs> Lego. Right, uh, at Jim Smallman on Twitter, uh, at WWE on Twitter, uh, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw, hashtag We Want WWE Lego. Because mm-hmm. um, we do. We do. Um, we do want WWE Lego. Um, but I, I really want... There's a couple of things in the Lego shop I want. Death Star. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Simpsons House and the Quickie Mart. Yeah, yeah. Um, which would set me back over £300 for the two of them. Um, and the Sydney Opera House. Just got, It's got 4,000 pieces. It's part of the architect range, isn't oh, it? Just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, again, at Jim's moment, what's the uh, biggest uh, Lego item that you have? Um, I'm fully expect not, uh, not. RJ Singh to tweet us <laughs> saying I've got the Death Star because um, I think he has. Uh-huh. Damn him. Um, we had a little, you know, we we like to do a pun thing when you're here. Yes. You accidentally did something before where you combined two wrestlers. Um, and you, can you remember what you did? I can't for the life of me. Who were we talking about? Uh, Pentagon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just because uh, he's having name issues. He's so having name issues. Rebrand, yeah. uh, just call himself Pentakabashi. Pentakabashi. So, um, combine, some, combine two wrestlers to get one wrestler, is basically what we're saying. Combined wrestler names. Like um, Kid Nash. Nice. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's You're good. really good. Um, your, what was yours? Oh, no, a it's a real one. It's when Eberstan used to dress up as other wrestlers, and he was called Eberstan Hansen. This is brilliant. Which is just genius. Yeah. I mean, that's... Um, uh, so, um, combined wrestlers. At Jim Smallman. Hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. I'll retweet the best ones. Uh, if we think of any during the course of the show, we will say some more. But combined wrestlers. Um, and I'll be honest, Pentakabashi is is going to take some beating. <laughs> mm. Right. Elimination Chamber. Um, I didn't watch it till Monday. Um, because watching pay-per-views live is hard I watched Royal Rumble live with Pip and John Briley and uh, and various other uh, people in a pub and I, I loved it but then we had to do the podcast the next day and I was dead I was dead um, I slept in the I slept in a hotel room in central London which I'd forgotten how small and claustrophobic they were so the, the Royal Rumble one, Rumble one even though I genuinely is one of my favourite round tables um, outside of the ridiculous New Japan one that we did, yes, <laughs> um, uh, it, I genuinely love love doing that roundtable. But all four of us were dead, dead. I mean, I was dead. John Briley obviously does all the work behind Progress. Dead. Scroobius Pip had been up with me watching wrestling. Dead. And Jimmy Havoc possibly legally dead. Yeah, because you um, cannot kill what does not live. No, you cannot. Um, so there's going to be a lot of questions here. We're going to blitz through the questions, talk about stuff like we normally do. I should warn everyone in advance, I was saying to this to Matthew on the way over, I will offend people and make enemies today. Oh, God. Um, um, I'm, I, on the other hand, am really, really positive about all wrestling, um, mm-hmm. and um, Christopher Brooker's opinions do not reflect mine. <laughs> I have got a pun, and it's topical. Jerry the Sing Lawler. Good. RJ Singh and Jerry Lawler. I, I get you. I mean, if you speaking have to explain of, them. Speaking of this, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we do have RJ Singh <laughs> for a series of events. So, Eros Comedy. <laughs> yes. Uh, in March. Yes. Bringing over Jerry the King Lawler. Yep. Um, uh, what cities? When? Well, he's going to be uh, in town from the 15th to the 19th of March. Yep. And we're going to go to the Glee Club in Birmingham, then the Leicester Square Theatre in London. I'm doing that then, one. Yep, that's right. You are uh, handling the introduction duty so I can just sit in a corner and, and stare at my hands. And then uh, <laughs> Dance House in Manchester, and then the classic Grand in Glasgow, and then I'd be lying if I said I wasn't really looking forward to the Empire in Belfast. 
because there's no pop like the Belfast Empire pop when someone comes out. It's amazing. But I, I genuinely can't wait. Um, having having sort of had some chats with Jerry on the phone, you're always kind of worried that the next guy is going to be the difficult one, and that's not the case. He's mm. been an absolute pleasure. He's done quite a few press interviews for us so far, and he's been very straightforward in saying nothing is off the table. He'll talk about anything you want. Sweet. And the hardest part is actually packing it all into one show because when someone's ubiquitous and is around for a long time, you forget what they've seen and done. Mm. And he's been in the business for five decades and he started as a teenager in Memphis and all the everyone who's anyone from the fabulous ones and the Fargos and the Jarrett's through the guys that came through like Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and Mick Foley and the Rock and Roll Express were formed in Memphis. And then, and then the stuff with Andy Kaufman, the fact that he nearly had a wrestling match with Elvis before he passed away, <laughs> the fact that that you even before you get to WWE, he did so much. So this is the thing I'm excited by is I've got a couple of ebooks that are just all the all the matches in Memphis yeah. mm-hmm. during the course of a year in the eighties. So I've got nineteen eighty two and nineteen eighty three and they're really, really good. And I'm fascinated with his his feud that lasted about two decades with Bill Dundee, for example. Yeah. Like stuff like that <laughs> I'm really fascinated by. And also my my frame of reference with for Jerry Lawler came from when I was in my early teens and I was reading like the Aptor magazines I was buying them for, from Forbidden Planet in Leicester um, and then I'd read them and you'd always open it and the, the first page, inside cover would always be the advert for wrestling's bloodiest matches featuring Greg Valentine and uh, Roddy Piper's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, dog collar match but then at the back there'd always be like the um, best of USWA best of, yes. the best of the USWA <laughs> and also there'd be um, there'd be the top tens in each promotion. So you'd have WWE yep. and NWA, and they were the main ones. And th- but then you would have USWA, and obviously there was a different champion every month, mm-hmm. and it was either Jerry or someone else. Yep. This is a man who's had what 160 something titles in his career, and it's you know the, the amount of stuff I want to ask him about, like is it was um, the, the match with Kerry Von Erich to unify the uh, AWA title and stuff like stuff like that. I'm it's that bit of history. I'm. Yes, when he was in WWE, super fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I know that's what a lot of people are going to want to ask questions about. But knowing there's people that are nerdy like us, yeah. they're going to want to ask that stuff. And it's it's the same thing like with the William Regal shows, where it opens stories yeah. that you wouldn't even begin to imagine. He'll, he'll, he'll have more locked away than I remember. <laughs> and I know he's going to be great, because he did an interview for us with Sky Sports Online. And you know someone doesn't take themselves too seriously when they say, have you had, when they said, you know, it's like you get stock questions. like, And one of them was, has anything embarrassing ever happened to you on the air? And he went, yeah, I died once. That was really embarrassing. <laughs> and the minute I read that, I went, you know what? You're going to be all right. This is going to be out of this world. I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm, I get excited about these anyway, but I am gen- purely for the wealth of stuff that we're going to be able to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm delighted that you're asking me to do it in, in London, which is great, and hopefully we'll see a fair few Progress fans down there. Um, because yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. I know Progress fans tend to support anything that I'm involved in, and they should support this. Yeah. Um, and I, I also, I want to just go into self promotion mode to an mm-hmm. extent with what we've done. In that, it was five years ago last November that we did. We kind of kickstarted this whole thing that mm-hmm. we had Mick Foley over for a tour, and. As I found of late, cards on the table, it's it's more and more difficult mm. to d- 
distinct to make shows like this distinctive because there are more and more of them out there. Yeah. Um, but I would like to say, in my own humble opinion, that there's a heart and soul to what we do that you won't necessarily find anywhere else. Mm. And I've got nothing bad to say about any other shows or tours, any other operators. Everyone does their own thing. Yep. But if you come to see us, if you come to see Jerry Lawler's tour, you will get a once-in-a-lifetime experience. This probably won't ever happen again. It's not happening in the States. And it can, we can get a little blasé in this country that things are so good at the moment. Mm. But putting aside the fact that I'd like to be able to pay my rent in April... Um, <laughs> Because I'm starting to understand why otherwise normal people become homeless. But more than anything else, you know, it's like as a the, as somebody promotes shows, the last thing you want is for it to be anything other than packed because you want as many people there. And it was the same with Roddy Piper's show. The number of people who walked away or didn't go and went, you know what, I should have been there. I wish I'd been there for it. And, you know... You won't get this opportunity again. Yeah. You won't get an opportunity to hear these stories. And we don't video it. We don't put them on DVD. It's a live experience. Yeah. So be there. Um, how do people get tickets? Tickets from eroscomedy.com. Also, we've got some interesting competitions coming up. We've got uh, the kind folk at WWE UK and, U- and Home Video have given us some copies of Jerry's box sets. We'll be giving those away in various fashions. Nice. Um, we've got some very exciting T-shirt designs from uh, your mate Rob. From oh, Progress, who's, I'll show you those. Who also designed there. the Tuesday Night Jaw ones. Thanks, yep. Rob. That's right. <laughs> um, the detail on the breadsticks is magnificent, <laughs> and and we're also we're going to have prints for sale. That um, you know we do eight by tens, but Jerry's actually going to do a piece of art for us to have prints of at shows specifically, and we're going to let you. That's right, you specifically, you with your earbuds in, you can choose what it's going to be. That's amazing because he's a brilliant artist. He's an amazing mm-hmm. artist, so it's it's going to be like nothing else out there. Excellent, good. Eros Comedy, Eros or follow us at Eros Comedy. Yeah, good, good, good. Come to it, uh, and obviously, if you come to the London one, you see me uh, obligatory Tuesday night your high five. Even if we've done one before, just do one again. It's my way of doing market research. See if this podcast is actually listened to by people. How many people high five me on a daily basis? Um, to Elimination Chamber, gents. Mm. Yes. Um, some pre-questions before we get into the show. Okay. Um, uh, first one from Shaggy Black, which is a good name. <laughs> um, uh, you're inside a chamber pod in the Elimination Chamber, mm-hmm. and it opens. This sounds like one of those old text-based adventure games. Oh, it does. <laughs> oh, Go <God>. west. N. <laughs> Use Die. staff. You have uh, died. <laughs> oh. um, you're inside the chamber pod. Yeah, mm-hmm. not the chamber pot. Difference <laughs> inside the chamber pot, and it opens. Who don't you want to see outside? It doesn't specify if it has to be a wrestler or not. Okay, but who don't you want to see outside Ooh, the chamber pot? I've got, a, I've got, a, I've got a person who I want it to be, and I've got a person who I don't want it to right, be. Who do you want it to be? Piers Morgan. Oh, I was thinking that. <laughs> and as in well. one hand, I'm going to have a crowbar, and the next, I'm going to have his wife's head. <laughs> now, now we got. Um, that's, that's went, that went rogue. Yeah. What's his wife done? Married, married Piers Morgan. Fair enough. Yeah. So I um, two things about Piers Morgan. Thing number one, um, I don't look after the Progress Twitter feed as I have to repeatedly tell people it's John. It's not me. It's John. It's sometimes you can tell after a while. <laughs> yeah. it's John. If you know John well enough, you know it's John. But. Um, so Piers Morgan tweeted something. The John just quoted the tweet and put "fuck off, Piers." Right, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Wow, well, well done, mate!" <laughs> but then we had 
we, I think we took the tweet down because we had right like we were swearing at him because he's an idiot. Mm. Right, it's nothing to do with politics mm. because, like, whilst Progress is a very left wing company, I genuinely don't care. And I've said this on the podcast before: I don't care who you vote for, who you support, as long as you love wrestling, then you're a friend of mine. I don't care. Right? Um, I don't try and push my politics on people, and if I do, then that sucks. I shouldn't. That's as bad as anyone who I don't like doing it doing it. Yeah. Um, but I am very left leaning. I'm a stand up comedian. I'm very left leaning. That's just what I am. My company's very left leaning, and I'm proud of it. But we're not going to tell people who to vote for and who not to vote for, whatever. Um, but yeah, that happened. But also, I um, I did a radio appearance last year, just after Leicester, the day after Leicester had actually won the league. Right, yeah. Um, I went to TalkSport, and I arrived at TalkSport just as Piers Morgan had left. If I'd have got there five minutes earlier, I stopped to get a coffee. If I'd have stopped, got there five minutes earlier, I would have been sat in the same room as Piers Morgan. How do we all think that would have gone? Not well for Piers. Um, no. Because he's, um, I mean, because he's when an he's, Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, mean, I mean, admittedly, I would have mocked him heartily for yes. quite some time. Yes. But my big issue with him is nothing to do with whether or not he's friends with Donald mm. Trump or, or mm. any of that sort of stuff. Oh no, my he's issue, done enough. My issue with Piers Morgan is mainly hacking the phone of a dead girl. That's my main yeah. issue: the fact that he should be in prison. Well, I'm saying it now, Briley. If you ever want to book me versus Piers Morgan at <laughs> Progress, I will train harder than I've trained for anything. Um, which I mean, he's never trained for anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Even when Matt was a wrestler, he didn't train for anything. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and I will give Piers Morgan a little bag of self-raising flour <laughs> just to throw You're in your be face. His Mr. Fuji to oh, his Yokozuna. <laughs> um, Specifically, who, self-raising as who well. Don't you want though? Because the question was, who don't you want? Um, probably Brock Lesnar. It's a solid choice. Brock Brock Lesnar who stubbed his toe earlier on. <laughs> Actually, no. He stubbed his... Lego or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like my pod opened and flung a bit of Lego and he stood on it and... and that, oh, God. Yeah. Just to, let's all imagine Matt being ragdolled around the five down. How abusive that is. <laughs> it's like, that, like the, uh, the Avengers with the Hulk and Loki. That's yeah. what it would be yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Exactly like that. Christopher. Man, live... Who wouldn't I want to see on the other side of it? I've just, I just imagine, basically, me in elimination chamber with X's. Just <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the stuff of nightmares, isn't it? Especially if then you do that thing where you try to run and you can't, and you're swinging, but it's like you're punching underwater. This has all gotten very Freudian, hasn't it? Yeah. I I wouldn't want to be either. Um, I want either. I want to open my eyes. I'd be a bear there. I'd hate <laughs> that. Um, or or. On a related tech and note, the wooden like, oh, training yeah, thing that just yeah, spins yeah. around because yeah. it scares me. Um, if you if you were if you were in a tag team with Tracy Smothers, though, you'd be a okay. Oh, I would man. be a okay. The uh, all weeping angels elimination chamber. Oh, that's dark. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, be awkward because it's an arena. Yeah, there's a lot of people watching. So yes. the, the thought that. Unless you can convince everyone to blink at the same time. No, nah, mate, they're all on Twitter. It's like oh, that's anyway, a good point, yeah. The girl out of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> well, there's my nightmare well, tonight. Yeah, well, but, you know. um, just the girl out of the ring. Just didn't see him punk. Didn't see him punk marry her. <laughs> the, girl, the girl out of the ring. His pod opens. He opens his eyes because you've got to close your eyes while you're in there for some reason. <laughs> 
opens his eyes and just the girl out of the ring there just with a just with a loaf of king's milk <laughs> just ripping off slices of it flinging at him like he's an errant duck um, Mark Christie what are our favourite types of gimmick match for this is a pay-per-view built around one gimmick match what are our favourite types of gimmick Ooh, match um, hmm. I I I kind of, even though my wife pointed out the massive flaw in all ladder matches um, last last week, I love a ladder match. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like a TLC match because I feel you're adding too much to it. Because um, in a ladder match, you can use tables and chairs anyway. You don't need to, you don't need to give it a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and but for me, greatest ever gimmick match is War Games. Good shout that. It's, it's, war Games is the greatest. The Greatest! I would love it if WWE bought War Games. Um, I'm going to go with anything on a pole match because I grew up on WCW. <laughs> Are you Glenn? <laughs> oh God, don't! Are you, you Russoing this up, <laughs> um, Christopher? I've 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 kind of become a bit numb to gimmick matches, to be honest. Um, so I like things that are nice and simple. Yeah, I really like. A two out of three falls match, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, and good, yeah. and which it, with the fact that it's a gimmick match these days is interesting, um, as it used to be the staple in British wrestling. Of course, everything was two falls to a finish, but the proof proof of that in that if you think about giving people the chance to tell a story and to do their thing without restrictions, because for the most part, a lot of gimmick matches are restrictive. Yeah. Cage matches are surprisingly restrictive. Um, even cell match is surprisingly restrictive um, whereas you're just giving them another device to tell a story and the the, the big two out of three fours matches we had of late we had the Revival and DIY Best match, which were really fantastic yeah. and, and also Revival and American Alpha had a two out yeah, of three yeah. fours match then you go back to Sami Zayn and Cesaro when they had their two out of three fours match um, I am heartbroken on one aspect of Jack Gallagher leaving for WWE because what I wanted to see was a two out of three falls match between him and James Drake, mm. which would, I think, have done wonders for JD. Not that he needs that help now, he's on his way anyway. But that's my favourite because it just it gives you a nice loose framework and you can still hang your hat on it yeah. and you can tell an amazing story. And success rate is high as well. Mm-hmm. You, 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 I can't think of a bad two out of three falls match. Not a last. <laughs> If you can think of a bad oh, yeah, two three go. falls there match, um, email, don't email me, email Matt, uh, M. Richards host on Twitter. Um, uh, hashtag Tuesday Night Joe anyway, because I want the socials. Right. Um, um, Dave Green. Um, there were a few random This Is Awesome chants throughout the show. Mm. Um, and that's fine. Fans want to express themselves and chant This Is Awesome. It's better than a lot of things you can chant. Mm. Um, and we'll get to, to something the fans did later on. Um, What's the least awesome thing we've ever seen in wrestling get a This Is Awesome chant? Well, it's before a match even starts. There's like a is, lot of that, isn't there? It, it's, I, I sometimes think that the problem is, is once you've chanted This Is Awesome at something being genuinely awesome, mm-hmm. you then want to recreate that. That's why people chant This Is Awesome, because they want to feel that they're part of something amazing. If you've bought a ticket for a show, especially a pay-per-view... You want that pay-per-view to be brilliant. Because then you can go, I was at that pay-per-view and it was brilliant. So it's in your interest for This Is Awesome to break out quite a lot. right? You're not going into business for yourself as a fan. You're excited that you're there Mm -hmm. and you want to say, this was amazing. And Mm -hmm. it it comes from a good place of This Is Awesome chat. I do think 
However, not just in WWE, in wrestling as a whole, the This Is Awesome chant is recalibrating to what is actually awesome. And this is quite good. This is acceptable. <laughs> hmm. you, you, you suspect, are you suspecting that in the wake of Brexit, the true value of the This Is Awesome chant has, <laughs> has diminished somewhat? Chris Brooker has won this podcast. Um, yeah. I think as well, like it's one of the things of not getting too deep psychologically about it but it's like if you if you're if you're spending your time chanting this is awesome like like i understand that it usually gets chanted at a point when there's a down point in the match but if a match is really good you don't really care to go this is awesome you just go you're too yeah! busy losing your mind yeah well, well, don't get this is awesome chance of progress we get this is progress instead it's um, brainwash them so what no, was haven't. the least progressive thing you've seen This Is Progress chanting? <laughs> what, if anything, set the business back? And you're thinking, were you chanting ironically? I've got it, I've got it. All right, Man, man Manson coming back, that's the least progressive thing. There's I'm joking, point. Manson. There's genuinely you. points He's not. where, and it's often in gimmick matches, specifically hardcore matches, yeah. where the fans will be chanting This Is Progress after something particularly hardcore. And I'll often... Nudge whoever stood next to me. Go, no, it isn't, because it's not my vision. Do you want, what do you want him to be like? This is CZW. Do you want no, him to be no, really no. specific? No, it, this it, is Memphis in the early eighties. No, I just we're not a hardcore wrestling promotion. No, no, no. So, so from my point of view, if if people being hit with chairs is making you chant, this is progress. Like, and that is what some people do enjoy out of it, and we do do gimmick match as well. But from my point of view, like I'll, I, I like a This Is Progress chant to break out when something amazing wrestling-wise has happened or something, because we pride ourselves on our storytelling, something generally amazing storytelling-wise has happened. Um, or it'll happen at your first raffle. <laughs> but that's what, that to me is, is, is when I'm most mm. proud to hear it. If, if, I'm, if I'm hearing it after someone, someone's gone through a table, I'm kind of like, I get why you're doing it and it's supporting the company. Yeah. But from my point of view, we're not about table it goes. It goes back further to the days of ECW mm. when people would chat ECW because when you feel that you're part of a moment, I think it's, it's feeling, specifically the, when the ECW thing started, it was, we are part of a movement, we're part of a mm. revolution. Mm. And by chanting it, they feel inclusive. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, um, I think Matt's right. The mm. least awesome thing is before a match has started. Yeah, um, uh, and, and, and let's be honest the the least awesome awesome related chant is fans chanting "We are awesome." Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you do that, especially if you do it the Raw after WrestleMania, um, please, 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 please never come to wrestling again. Thanks. <laughs> I genuinely it it it, it bugs me. Oh yeah, um, and we've had it. We've never had it a progress show, I don't think, because I, I think someone tried to start it once and everyone just went, boo! <laughs> <laughs> no. Because it's, you know, be supportive of the people that you're watching. Yeah, but yeah. It shouldn't it's, be it's, trying to rec- it's trying to catch a lightning in a bottle because I was sat in the middle of the chaos the first time all of that happened at the Raw after WrestleMania in New Jersey when I was sat in the, in the crowd during the Randy Orton-Sheamus match where... You know, the glitch in the Matrix took place and it felt like we'd gone through the looking glass for the first time. And you then get people go, you know, it was fine. I I hated it at the time. It felt very self-indulgent, but it was what it was. But then people try to recreate it and they try and force it. And that's when stuff gets weird. Is is a We Are Awesome chant the equivalent of giving yourself a nickname? Ooh. 
because that's that's I was going to swear, but your daughter's in the room. That's that's bad behaviour. That. <laughs> well, she is. I've swore several times, but my headphones are in, so I've probably got away with it. Yeah. I look to see if I've got away with it. I've got away with it. She didn't pay any attention. Um, so, um, yeah, it is. Do you know what I mean? Because you always had that. Have you ever been introduced to someone who's who's they've introduced themselves by their nickname? Yeah, well, not for like there was a guy. The nickname thing, everything sticks in my head. Like is from I used to go to school with a guy whose real name is Liam. Uh, his nickname was Laser. Right, <laughs> and he genuinely used to get, <laughs> genuinely used to introduce himself as like Laser. Uh, until we all grew up and we're like, all right. And then, yeah, it, it, it turned out that he, he gave himself that nickname. It's because you'll have someone's eye out if you're not careful. Because, yeah. or... like, again, like, I went to school on Merseyside, so it was either your first name with a Y on the end or your last name with a Y on the end. Like... Or, or, I hate this, or you're called Steve and for some reason you take the V and the E off of it. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. Actually, my nickname is Welsh because I was from Wales, which is original, so, you know. Better than Taff. Yeah. Or Sheepy. Sheepy. <laughs> I always say it like that because there's a village near where I grew up called Sheepy Magna and also one called Sheepy Parva. If you're from Sheepy Magna or Sheepy Parva, Jim Smallman, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw, hashtag Sheepy Parva. Um, Sounds my delicious. Just to put my daughter just to look up and go, oh, listen to what he's saying. What a <laughs> rubbish. Um, good. Um, couple more questions before we get crack on properly. Um, Martin Bentley, quick one. Did we notice uh, Jack Gallagher on the German announced team? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was actually Axel Dieter Jr., I thought. Yeah. Or a cross between Jack and Axel. I, 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 Jaxel. I enjoyed the moment where... <laughs> there you like, go, there's another cross. Uh, cross oh, the, I thought of another one. David Heath Slater. Oh. Gangrel, nice. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well there we go. Gangrel Matador. Oh, mate, you're a wow. Wow. Wow! Wow! If I was a youth, I would, I would just, I would just tweet you a picture of four flame emojis, right? Yeah. But I'm a 38 year old man, so I don't communicate an emoji. Had to tell a comedian off today for doing that. Genuinely. Good. Don't, don't, don't just go. This is fire with four flame. Don't. But but it's not fire anymore though. It's lit, isn't it? Like that's the thing now. No, lit were a terrible band uh, in the late 1990s. Look, look, look. <laughs> me and you argue about music every episode. <laughs> we argue about everything. <laughs> We're not doing this. Uh, German announced team, yeah. Um, my favourite bit, bit was it where he, like, the point where he gave up hope and, like, did, like, a bit of a sassy shrug of the shoulders was the bit where he went live. <laughs> and also, he, he kind of, but then he, he spoke in German. Yeah. My daughter noticed this because she was watching this with me. He spoke in German and then went. Yeah, and then went Das Road to the yeah, to yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah. It's like, um, have you ever watched Scorio, which is the um, S4C roundup show? Yes. And it's like half of Scorio is just like, like it's like the fast show sketch. And then and then they'll just go like, Michael Owen, Scorio! <laughs> and like, it's just odd. It's just mm-hmm. odd. Um, Raven Mysterio. Oh, oh mate, you are on fire. Mate. On Fire. You've just sent me to that part of my head where I can't function as a person. I'm just, I'm basically going through a roller deck of wrestler names. Do it. Um, what was the next question? Um, also, the, speaking of the um, the international announced teams, mm-hmm. um, whenever the Russian one comes up, yeah, the yeah, younger yeah. of the two Russian guys who's normally on the right, yeah, we're doing yeah. Ant and Deck, he's Deck, right? <laughs> um, I, when I was watching the Royal Rumble with Briley, Briley just nudged me and went, him, see him, he's killed. <laughs> Good. Presumably Good. for bread. Um, right. Next question. 
Um, do, 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 do. Um, from James T. I don't think it's Jamie T. The person. Oh, yeah. um, so he's, he's put progress doing elimination chamber match. Who's in it and why? Um, now because I have uh, a future shock aficionado here uh, in Chris Brooker. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's going to be the Progress Elimination Chamber match. Okay. For you, it's going to be the Future Shot one. Ooh. For you, it's going to be a combination of the two. Because okay. you work for both companies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, um, can I say that now? Because you do work for Progress yeah, now. Yeah, and yeah. you did a very good job commentating. Yeah. I wasn't going to react to that, because, you know... I, you know, but, you know. I mean, there's, there's no contract. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin the mystique, man. Um, so, um, who's in your Elimination Chamber match? Who wants to go first? Um, all right, we'll go with the future shot one. And what I'll do is I will, because we use guys from outside now, um, Rampage is one that we're using a lot at the moment, um, that I will leave him out in favour of more homegrown guys. Mm-hmm. So I think the Elimination Chamber match at the moment, it would be uh, Zach Gibson, yep, of course, uh, James Drake, yep. um, Xander Cooper, mm-hmm. Sonner Durson. Mm-hmm. How many is that? That's four. Four. Um, Joey Hayes and Sam Bailey. <laughs> Did you just do a celebratory fist? No, I've got an annoyed fist. Ooh. No, you can choose the same people. I know, but that's boring, isn't it? Oh, well, you can have the same ones. Mm-hmm. You can, well, you've got a bit of both. You've, you've got, got both, you've got the twist of the two, haven't you? So, But I think that's you've got a little bit of everything in there. You've got a guy who can stooge around in Cooper. You've got, the, you've got JD's... Hard hitting kind of action. Mm. You've got Sonna Durson, who'll do something mental. You've got Joey Hayes, who is fantastic, and I and I know how good he is, and even I kind of sometimes take him for granted. We've got Sam Bailey, who's who's sort of peach shot through and through. Yeah, I think that'd be fantastic. And then obviously Zach Gibson coming in last, <laughs> and then just taking the mic while everyone else is down. Yeah, um, Matthew Welsh. Are you, are you hey Welsh. Welsh. <laughs> um, so you know, I was going to go for a more of a more of a like a light-hearted approach, but no, you know, but then a light-hearted approach in a dangerous, dangerous game. Yeah. Approach. What yeah. are you gonna are you gonna have? Um, what like like a soft play area? Yeah, well, I mean, in there if, as well. If, if if we will do. No, all right, okay. Let's be serious. Right. So I'd have Joey A's in there because Joey would love it. Because yeah. there's no way Joey will go. Hey, see that pot over there? Yeah. Right. I'll come through. Yeah. I'll do this mad thing off it. Yeah. And then uh, I'll pin you. Yeah, that's one. Solid. Solid impression. That. Um, and I've hit, I'd have yeah. I'd have Joey. I'd have. I'd probably have Sonna as well because he'd he'd do a mad flip. Um, it'd be lit. <laughs> um, Get out. And I'd take, I'd take James Drake as well. Mm-hmm. Um, then Progress, I would go with Travis Banks. Mm-hmm. I would go with Jimmy Havoc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would also go with Paul Robinson. Because nice. I want to see him curb stomp someone's head through a pod. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Someone's had a long week. Um, <laughs> I would choose from progress. Um, I could do this two ways. I could, because we've got a six, we've got six guys in a main event on February the 26th, <laughs> yeah. which makes my life really easy. So I could just go Jimmy Havoc, Flash Morgan Webster, Mark Haskins, uh, Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn. 
However, I mean, that'd be okay, wouldn't it? Would be, it? be, all be right, great. Yeah. However, I'm not going to do that mm-hmm. um, because uh, I'm going to make this utterly ludicrous. So it would be um, Pete Dunne, for he's our champion, and uh, for my money, the finest wrestler in Europe at least at the minute. Absolutely brilliant at everything that he does. Um, and can't say enough positive stuff about him. So Pete Dunne, Jimmy Havoc, because our longest reigning champion. Mark Haskins, because mm-hmm. he's ridiculously popular. Mark Andrews, because he's fantastic. I'm not going to put Trent and Tyler in it because they're our tag team champions, so I don't think they should be in the elimination chamber. Um, Marty Skrull, and I either want to put Sabre or Will Ospreay in it. It's so hard. Uh, so Pete, Jimmy, Mark. I, I would almost interfere at this point and say, to call back to your fear earlier, you need a bear in there. I'll put a bear in there. Jimmy's, Not a Jimmy, literal bear. Jimmy's but... a nutcase. I, I like to think Jimmy would just get into a pod with weapons. Yeah. <laughs> and the match would be going really swimmingly for everybody until the pod opens and, and Jimmy decides... Jimmy's doing the tournament of death this year, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, which will be nuts. Um, and weirdly, probably a big old ambition of his. Um, and so we've got, we've got Pete, who's ridiculously good. Uh, Jimmy, who's ridiculously good in a completely different way. Mark Haskins, ridiculously good in a completely different mm-hmm. way. Um, Mark Andrews, who is so good. Um, Marty Skrull, who's so good. And then I either want, I want, I've got a choice of Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay, Travis Banks, mm-hmm. um, Jack Sexsmith, because it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we did something amazing with him in the Thunder Bastard match, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to spoil if you've not seen it. Um, Zach Gibson. Uh, Nathan Cruz uh, there's too many people Matt Riddle who's our Atlas champion mm-hmm. oh god um, for the sake of it let's put Osprey in there because he's got them probably arguably the most history so that will be my six um, and don't ask me to book it because I have no idea who would win um, I mean now we've got to think about the logistics of uh, getting the elimination chamber into the Masonic Guild Hall in Stockport. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, uh, listen, can we can we get there like an hour early, please? Because we're going to need a bit of time to set this up. Hey, I tell you what, our, well, our, our ring man would get that set up within, oh, he's, within, he's great. within less than ten minutes, and the three people would be able to fit in as well. Yeah. We would love it. Um, right, so the actual show. Mm-hmm. Um, well, pre-show first. Uh, Mojo Rawley. Uh, beat Kurt Hawkins. Have we, I mean, if we've got nothing to say about it, I mean, I think it was uh, Matthew from Bodgemania that referred to it as the Zack Ryder Invitational, <laughs> which was just delightful. So well done, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Bless him. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is it is what it is. I mean, Mojo's slightly limited because Zack Ryder is injured, isn't he, at mm-hmm. the moment? So that's what Mojo. That's what, Mojo's, <laughs> that's what he's telling. Him. <laughs> you know, that's what Mojo's going to be doing for the foreseeable future, and. I think WWE see a lot in Mojo that I know sometimes we're a bit like the stickers under his eyes and stuff like that but you think about it from this point of view he is legitimately insane mm-hmm. um, and is a former footballer football player and, and they do like that and but, they've got a good history of former football players turned into very good wrestlers see Darren Corbin they've got a good mm-hmm. niche for him as well because keeping him around keeping him busy he's the kind of I'd imagine that kids quite like him I'd imagine that he's the kind of guy you can send out as a fun ambassador you could imagine that he'd be he'd, he'd be up for anything he's that he's the guy that you go hey do you want to go on this show where you get 
covered in gunge and then set on fire on Nickelodeon. And he goes, yeah! yeah! He's, to- he's totally a Blue Peter presenter, isn't yeah. he? I am. Um, I mean, do you mean Richard Bacon before or after? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was what it was. Um, mm-hmm. It was fine. Um, uh, um, we- I'd also like to say that I thought Renee's uh, sort of off-the-shoulder number was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Her eye makeup was very much on point, And I think she accessorised well without being overstated. Okay. I mean, that's creepy as anything, mate. But it's important uh, but- that it's the pre-show and it's the stuff I notice. I would also like to say that I mentioned this to my wife that it's the straightest I've ever seen Renee's hair. It, it was, yeah. Mm. Like she got a new pair of GHDs off Dean Ambrose. <laughs> yeah. Early Valentine's Day <laughs> present. I was getting Patsy Kensit in the 90s vibes off of that hair. Um, better than Patsy Klein in the 90s. She wasn't alive. Um, <laughs> also, I don't think there's many wrestling podcasts that mention Patsy Klein. Um, hey, we, we mentioned Pascal Chimbonda last time. <laughs> we went on a, we've, we've mentioned quite a lot of former Blackburn players, which is all right when you're on, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the show starts properly. Three women's matches on the show, which mm-hmm. is, is great for uh, how progressive wrestling has become recently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, spoilers, none of them are bad. Um, but... Um, Becky Lynch beat Mickey James to start with. Um, I was kind of surprised that Mickey didn't win because she's come back, but I get why. Mm. Um, there's there's a couple of issues. Uh, my daughter kind of watched this match for me. Um, there's a couple of issues. One, what are you fighting flares for, love? <laughs> like, <laughs> genuinely, they can only get in the way. But those, that's actually how big her feet are. <laughs> well, that, well, that's <laughs> a gimmick. She's a Bay City Rollers fan. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, are we just going to try and do as many dated references? <laughs> Hang on a um, as many dated references as we possibly can do during the course of this podcast. I think my other issue with Mickey James is, and this is this is something that goes with kind of all the women's wrestlers, is all of their teeth are too good to be fighters. <laughs> but Mickey James's teeth are the whitest teeth yeah. I've seen outside of Richard Hammond in Top Gear in two thousand eight. Good, like they are, like. It, it, this is going to sound mean now because I'm like drawing attention to him. But what what are Becky Becky uh, Lindsay like? I take the love with did, you, well. did, yeah, you, okay. did you say I, there? I was passing comment and reacting with the quality of Renee mm-hmm. Young's overall outfit, and that was creepy. And yet we're talking about this is getting serial killer. This is this is why when I met my wife, I didn't really think about my teeth. My wife has has paid for me to have my teeth whitened twice since we've been together. And it actually, people noticed it. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, I've genuinely noticed people's teeth. I noticed right. both male and female. It's just on the, I think on the women's rest, wrestling roster, particularly on SmackDown, yeah. mm-hmm. there's a lot of really, really, really white teeth. But, but it's an American thing, right? right? Mm. Like anyone that's on TV in America is all... Oh, I've said this before. I need to make a hygienist appointment. He says eating a biscuit. <laughs> before I go to WrestleMania, I need to make a hygienist appointment so I don't yeah. let down American people yeah. by having British teeth. Mm-hmm. And I've got British teeth because I'm a snaggletooth crone of a human being. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about Becky and Becky and Mickey? I thought it was I thought it was really good. Always sad that she doesn't come out to Hey Mickey. Yeah, but you know, I I, I liked it. I think Mickey James is fantastic, um, and it's it's one of those ones where. We're now we can now sort of play the game of oh I've, I've worked with you I've met you and especially because now there are folk going back to WWE after spending time out on the indies um, and and in my limited dealings with her personally I met her at a couple of indie shows over here she's never been anything less than wonderful 
Um, and it also, I think we saw her form in the match with Asuka last year, where it was fantastic. And then she, I like the fact that it's no longer, and if, even before you get to the fact that, oh, she's gone off, she's had a kid, that's not a barrier to her being a wrestler at the top of her game. Neither should it be. No, no. And it's 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 fantastic that's the case. And it wouldn't have happened, what, five years ago, six years yeah. ago. And you do, you all, I personally also having a brand new respect for Mickey James that she was able to have good solid matches during the time when the roster was not known for being solid. There were a lot of, you know, shall we say less capable wrestlers yes. on the roster. Um, and I think she's, she's going to be worth every penny they're paying her and more. Um, and was a great foil, great foil for Becky. Um, There's some really good technical stuff in there as well. And I, mm. I like the fact that, that for Becky to win, it kind of had to be a roll up. It wasn't, you know, yeah, didn't didn't go to a submission because right. it's a submission whole thing. It's there's lots of scope for more fun to do. Um, also, little things like uh, Mickey's Mick kick looks the business. Yes. You know, and it, it's as you know, without wanting to pull the curtain side too far, it's as much to do with who's on the receiving end as who's mm-hmm. dishing it out. Yeah, yeah. And and having that ability to connect. So I think everything looked nice and crisp. And something that boils my fluids about women's wrestling, as it's perceived, is that somehow, and it's shifting now, is that was good for a women's match. No, it's being judged. You need to be from from the fundamentals upwards. From again, pull the curtain side from footwork and and strikes and everything else. It all has to be judged on the same standard as the guys. Mm. Otherwise, it shouldn't be out there. And too many times I see women's matches in the past, less now, getting a free pass because they're women's matches. And, you know, it's good for a women's match. No, it shouldn't be like that. And now that's the standard. And the fact that three women's matches on a pay-per-view, no one really batted an eyelid, good. And it's it's not box ticking. It's not driven by we need, we want 50-50 split on this. It's driven by... We have the talent, yeah. and each match had a storyline. Each match had a reason to happen, and good. I think you're quite right. Um, it, none of it, none of it felt thrown together, which was often a problem with. You watch a pay per view from I don't know, 2005. Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably going to be a divas match on it, and it's going to be there for the sake of there being a divas match there. Mm-hmm. You know, and whereas now it is, you know, all the women on the shows because that is a is there to be on them. Um, uh, Craig Jones asked us, were we pleased to see Mickey James back in a WWE ring? I think you've just kind of covered that, Christopher. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was. I'll be honest and say that I I didn't pay loads of attention to her work previously, mm-hmm. but had only ever heard good things about her from people mm-hmm. from within the industry. So no one's ever seemed to have had a bad word about her. And I know that when the reveal of her having the mask taken off and everyone going, oh, I'm not mask. Oh, that's actually a surprise because I thought it'd be someone. It'd either be someone really obvious who we see yeah. every week, or it would be someone from NXT being called up. Yeah. So, from that point of view, it was pleasing to have someone who's got a bit of history and you know is only going to be a good thing for the women's division when you consider that a lot of the women in, on the SmackDown roster, in particular, are very young. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. No, that's that's how I see it. She's she's a steady hand, and in, in, in a division that is incredibly talented. But like you said, there isn't really anyone that's the the veteran or the or the the elder states lady, um, and she's 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 cracking. And like the thing as well is like again, it's that thing of I think people forget that she actually had quite a 
decent indie run, like after WWE, and she's she's been working regularly, and she's 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 really good. I, I really enjoyed the match, and I'm 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 really pleased she's back. Uh, Mickey James Ellsworth, um, <coughs> very good. It's, no. It was a really obvious one. Um, of course, James Ellsworth and Carmelo were watching this they were. in a skybox, despite being WWE employees who would get free tickets for the show. Um, <laughs> oh, can, oh, he's got a contract. <laughs> I was going to argue. But that. he's I also could not be happier that he's got a contract. Mm-hmm. Someone who's it's his dream and it's happened for him. Good on him. Good on him. Just and, and he's a nutcase who takes ridiculous bumps as well. Yes. He's yes. a nutter. Um, right. We then add. We then have Callisto and Apollo Crews beating Dolph Ziggler. A couple of questions mm. here. <laughs> um, Dolph's a heel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why is Dolph in a handicap match? Yeah. Well, they, they, in fairness to them, they did their best to go. He said, if someone says, I can beat both of you. Then it's more acceptable. Yeah, it is. So, But I think from the outside looking in, if you look at that and just go, but he's a... Because mm-hmm. this is where things went a little bit wrong mm-hmm. um, with the Phoenix crowd. Um uh, so Dolph's a heel the deck is stacked against him which is traditionally you put a baby face in a handicap match not the other way around yeah um, Callisto and Apollo Crews win uh, most of the matches Apollo Crews on his own because Callisto takes his trademark ridiculous bump into yeah. the screen before the which uh, I, I would have quite liked it if they kept like those two or three rows of dead pixels for yeah, the rest of the they show they fixed it quite quick didn't they yeah. um, but so he gets taken out, then comes, uh, eventually comes back, helps uh, Apollo Crews get the win. So, no one comes out of this looking good, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm. I mean, Dolph does because he beats everybody down at the end, and, and Dolph he pilmanizes Apollo Crews, and that's yeah, that's fine. It, it gets the, the point across. The, the problem is that it doesn't really do anything for Ziggler as a heel, because unfortunately the, the fans were chanting, thank you Ziggler, for him... Beating down Apollo Cruz, who is mm-hmm. non-offensive, but the problem is, is he's been painted into such a corner of him being, oh, I just love my mum and I'm a, I'm a good old babyface. Mm-hmm. You are, but unfortunately, there's not. You look how much more interesting Neville is now because he's a heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, um, and there is that preconceived notion that if someone's good at the flips and that, then they should be a babyface. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put it to you that Neville as a heel is great, still does the flips. Will Osprey as a heel. Um, you know, he wrestled Shibata pretty much as a heel in New Japan. Um, did very few flips, can do them, didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can. AJ Styles has been, in theory, a heel mm-hmm. for quite some of his WWE run, does a springboard 450. It, like, you can make someone more interesting. It's whether or not Apollo Crews, and he's someone you know a lot better than I know him. Well, no, I'm a, you, about you know bit, him a bit I've, from, I've from chatted him. a fair bit, but. But could he, could he be a heel? Because if. If the fans are reacting that way to him, like the smart thing to do would be to turn him heel, wouldn't it? I think that the challenge, I think, with with Apollo is he needs to find the intensity and he needs to display it. And the minute he can, and you see every so often you see little moments of it, but it's it's that thing where, having met him, I struggle to imagine him angry. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I struggle to imagine that, and it's it's. You, this is probably one of the sort of weak links. I think you can tell maybe that the attention is elsewhere on the show at the moment mm. because there's no... Why is he angry at, at Dolph Ziggler? Because Ziggler beat him up with a chair, but beating someone up with a chair gets people excited. Yeah. You know, people that react to that. 
Um, the weird thing is, is no one. It was right to turn Ziel, uh, Ziegler heel, mm-hmm. right? Because fans weren't reacting to him as a babyface. He's a he's much better as a heel. We've discussed this on Tuesday Night Joe before. His whole gimmick is he's a show off. Well, show off is a heel, right? Mm-hmm. Made perfect sense in being a heel. Unfortunately, they've turned him heel, and now people are cheering for him. And this isn't necessarily WWE's fault. This mm-hmm. is partly the fault of the fans in this case. The fans reacting in the wrong way. So, mm-hmm. I think a, a a great example I would uh, I would point out about this is um, being given this question from Ross Casey, and that is so the commentators didn't react to the fans chanting "Thank you, Ziggler" or anything right. like that. Now, obviously, the commentators are told in their ear what to do, what not to do. Mm-hmm. But there's four commentators. None of them reacted to it. Even JBL, who you kind mm. of, I think, has got license to react to it. Yeah. Should the commentators in this situation, because people are always critical of WWE and go, oh, but they, they want us to cheer Roman Reigns. No one's telling you to cheer Roman Reigns. Mm. No one is. And if he's getting booed and you're paying a ticket to watch Roman Reigns lose, then WWE win, mm-hmm. right? And and this is something we pointed out again and again and again. If you go, well, have they never turned John Cena? Because for huge swathes of the crowd, John Cena is the biggest heel in the company already. They don't need to. Right, they don't need to, and for the, exactly the sort of people who boo John Cena, you turn him heel, they'll cheer him. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So there's no reason to do that stuff as long as they're getting a reaction. They are getting a reaction. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But if a reaction is so off what people are trying to do, and it's a storyline they're just trying to establish, should the commentators kind of take the crowd to task for it, or even point out that the crowd have got the wrong end of the stick, or the crowd for some re- even if just saying for some reason. This crowd are really pro Ziggler. But how do you do it? Mm. It's uh, it's really the more you think about the logistics of it and the mm. practicality of it, without it sounding. I I think in all honesty, sometimes the best thing to do is to just let the the cards fall where they do, um, because you either draw more attention to it, or you you sound like you're desperately trying to yeah. shape the reaction one way or another. Um, and I don't think it falls on the commentators necessarily. It's the same. It's as as because we've all done commentary in in this room. We've all had a stint in the commentary desk. And if something doesn't go right, it's that. Um, who was who was the singer? Uh, Barbara Streisand principle. Yeah. Where if you if you try and address something, you draw more attention to it. Um, and it's the same way if a move doesn't go quite right, you know. You do you say oh we just grazed him with that or didn't get all of that or mm. do you just kind of just or do you continue on mm. because it isn't necessarily the commentators' jobs to fix everything mm. and if they can then that's just sl- that's just putting towels down rather than plugging the leak and I think with that that commentary team it'd be counterproductive anyway because it would be JBL making the point of. You know, old, you know, the crowd are thanking Ziggler, and then it's David Otonga being there, trying to be the voice of reason, and it's like people will just come down on that like a ton of bricks anyway. I know it's it's not an ideal situation. It just, mm. I think it was a, it was a, a great thing. Think, it was a, a great question to ask us, yeah, from Ross, because definitely. because in that, I know as someone, it's not happened loads of progress, and admittedly, we we put together, a, and this is something I've said loads of times. If you're ever going to be critical of WWE. Remember, they have to write about nine or ten hours of television a week. Yeah, we have to write one th- one three-hour show on average every three weeks, mm. and it's hard. It's really hard, and that's mm. for three mates who all get on really well. Yeah, with a roster that we've planned out a little bit in advance. 
WWE, there's so many moving parts and it's so hard to get that sort of stuff across. But it must be, if you're if you're in creative on the SmackDown team and you're like, we're really happy with what we've done with Dolph Ziggler and they've done something really cool with Dolph Ziggler and they've made him a dick and it's like, brilliant, a new lease of life for him. And then the fans are supporting him, beating up a baby face. Mm-hmm. It is a bit like, oh, what have we got to do? Yeah. You know, and and sometimes is there that help that you can give? But you, you're right, it's it's too difficult mm-hmm. to try and make a call in. It's a cracking question, though. Yeah, really good question. Um, we then had the... Um, Tag Team Turmoil, I think is the official name of it. Mm. Um, Gauntlet match for other people. Um, where American Alpha, um, who I always think should come out to a remix of American Psycho by Fall Out Boy. Um, American Alpha uh, beat uh, Heath Slater, Rhino, Breezango, the Lord of Villains, the Usos and the Ascension. Um, to explain the order of entry and elimination, uh, Slater and Rhino were out first. Um, Breezango came out next. Um, when Breezango made their entrance, my daughter was in the room with me, and she just looked at the screen as if to go, what on earth is happening? <laughs> what are you watching? Um, but they're funny, Breezango. Again, I pointed this out on Tuesday Night Joy countless times. Why they're not called for Breeze, it's much more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Breezango first eliminated by <coughs> Slater and Rhino. Then the Vaudevillains, sadly, were eliminated by um, Slater and Rhino. Aiden English's hair. Um, he's losing his hair rapidly, faster than I am. Um, uh, I love Aiden English. I think he's one of the most distinctive... Him and Simon Gotch, two of the most distinctive-looking wrestlers. Um, and him with a beard now just makes him look even more brilliant. So, mm-hmm. um, the Vaudevillains are out next. Then... Um, Slater and Rhino were eliminated by the Usos. The Usos were then eliminated by Gable and Jordan. Um, and then the Ascension were eliminated by Gable mm-hmm. and Jordan, meaning that your still your tag team champions are American Alpha. Mm-hmm. This again comes down to the heel-face dynamic. Traditionally, a gauntlet match, the babyface team would be put in number one. For me, mm-hmm. American Alpha, if you want to really prove a point with American Alpha, you put them in number one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel... I'm, I really want to see American Alpha against the Usos because I really like the new heel Usos. I think they look intimidating and everything they do looks like it hurts. The, the, the looks on their face and the disdain they've got for everybody is exactly what they should give Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Um, in my amazing stable that I did point out, um, Samoan SWAT Team 2017, I want to call it, mm-hmm. um, with Reigns, Usos, Nia Jax, Samoa Joe, taking over the entire company. Um, uh, and then just as it looks like they're going to lose in a War Games match, uh, the Rock comes out and saves them all. Brilliant! I, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's money, guys. Um, but um, the, I've had people tweeting me today saying oh, the, tag, the tag team scene on SmackDown's a bit weak. Well, it isn't because I've just named six tag teams. Yeah, I absolutely disagree with that. I think it's really strong. The, I think the, the strongest two teams are the Usos oh, and yeah. American Alpha. Mm, yeah, I see. I've got see. The thing is, I've, I've got my reservations about the Usos. Because to me, they just look like angry All Saints models. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. That's all they look like. There are quite a lot of muted colours. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> it's it's that thing of like, don't get me wrong, like, the, everything they're doing looks good. Like, again, like the disdain and the way they're hitting stuff, but... Just, take it, just lose the street clothes. Like this is my, my daughter's issue. Where she hates anyone who wrestles in street clothes. Yeah, like hates I know, it. I know it's meant to be like, hey, we, we don't care or would whatever. It, would it be better if they then went about their business wearing wrestling gear for the rest of the day for balance? <laughs> yeah. Would that be okay? It's not a uniform day for them. Yeah. Um, you know but, how powerful you know how powerful you feel when you work in an office. I used to work in an office. I had to wear a suit, right? How powerful you feel on a Friday when it's dressed down. Do just to, think how powerful they feel every day. Do they have to put a, a, like a pound in for Mufti when they turn up to wrestle? Yes, they do. Unless, unless they're going to drop a sick mixtape and they need to get changed, in my opinion. Um, but I, I honestly, like, I really enjoyed this match. But people forget as well. Right, so I was talking to a mate about this and he went, never thought the Ascension would win it when they came in last. I went, well, I, they hit the fall of Matt. Yeah. I did think for a minute... Because tag titles on the Ascension, yeah. right? Who have the best theme music in WWE? And I was, I was like, well, well they wanted to do that with the Ascension. The Ascension came from NXT, where they were all conquering, mm-hmm. and the Fall of Man, which is a fantastic finisher, which is Total Elimination 2017, basically. It, it, it is. Right? They they're great to watch. They're genuinely great to watch. Um, but they've kind of lost their way a little bit. Well, one way giving them a kick up the arse is to be given the tag titles. Mm. And they got the win they got, um, got a couple on of the match uh, on SmackDown this week. And yeah. it's what I what I what I really liked about it is is again, people forget what it's like to have a terrible tag division. Yeah. We've had a terrible tag division. You don't have to go back that far to when there was you know, maybe even during the time of the Hart Dynasty when there was like one tag team. Mm. And that was a time when we had Drew Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes as tag champs and various Incarnations of the Nexus. Um, yeah, I mean, go back and look through the WWE Tag Team title history. If you want to see, you can see the periods where things are cobbled together, and it's always single two singles wrestlers as champions. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of times where it was cobbled together. It's, and often you'll be surprised when you read that someone was a tag mm. team. You'll be like, yeah, yeah. they were, oh, they, they were, were weren't they? Yeah, I remember that. No, yeah. like, I, I love Brian Kendrick and I love Paul London, but the fact that they were the longest reigning tag mm. team champions for a long period of time yeah, is yeah. is telling. About what the tag division, and then the, and their tag division was just them and M and M. Yeah, and they were, and, and I'm not. There's no slight on them, but then yeah. they're great. Yeah, but yeah. If if you're keeping your tag titles on for that long, yeah, it means yeah. there's no real viable. Yeah. The, the, I I love this match because it was all action, mm. done right. It was all action. Nothing outstayed its welcome. Everyone played their part. Um, I loved Brizango 
I thought they had everyone again. This is a, a good multi man match or a scramble match, should get everyone a chance to shine in their own way. Yeah. I think everyone did, and and it, it just and I, I can see a point about putting American Alpha in at the start, but also then there's the unpredictability. It's yeah. the fact that you do have to mix things up a little bit. And and who'd have thought a year ago that, that Heath Slater and Rhino doing his best impression of um, of a Dickensian workhouse <laughs> owner with those magnificent sideburns yes. would be one of the best acts on SmackDown. Mm. And they are. So give everyone a chance. And regardless of what you think of this match, uh, Fandango blocked a sunset flip and then threw um, fashion tickets in the face. <laughs> Which says, Slater. ooh, written in yeah. his handwriting ooh. on them. That, that, I don't care what happens in this match. That's, that's no. me, so Fandago's the man. No. I, I, yeah, it was great. Uh, Henry, Ryan, O. Godwin. Ooh. ooh. That's, okay, mm-hmm. that's happened. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it did happen. Um, uh, Dave Higgins asked, uh, do we see the Revival being called up to feud with American Alpha on the mainstream shows? I mean, I do see the Revival being called up because they're not... Eventually, but at the minute, they're, they, they, they're, they're really important to the NXT tag division because they're, they're in that, that transition period which was sort of, was again very similar to when like the Revival and um, American, Alpha. Now American Alpha were coming in. There always seems to be this sort of transition period. And at the minute, they... they um, they're kind of the solid hands again, like Bailey. You know, there was a, a long time where everyone was like, "Oh, Bailey should get called up," but they had that match with Heavy Machinery. Like, look great, and they're interesting. And there's a couple of tag teams, Sanity. Yeah, have become very interesting with. Um, and it's something of they, they will, yeah. they will. Um, but... Killian, Dale, Ian Dane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Killian Dane. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon because there's no there's no rush on it. Because again, it's like you've you got was it six teams are in that match? It's like you've got six teams on SmackDown. It's like all right, maybe Raw could do with a bit of an. Like, well, I've also got the Hype Bros. If Zack Ryder's yeah. not injured, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, um, I think it's fine. I think Raw's Raw's, what, Raw's in a similar probably situation need, because yeah. they've got New Day. Yeah, good and, point. Yeah, yeah, uh, and Anderson and Gallows, Sheamus and Cesaro, Sheamus and Cesaro, yeah. Um, Still got plenty, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of people signed to WWE. That's yeah. the way to look at it. And it like tons and tons. Of and people what I find interesting is again is that I remember when everyone was like, "Oh, the Ascension should <laughs> ascend," um, and then when they did, look what happened to them. You know, like so it's that thing of like, if, if you if you are a fan of the revival and a fan of NXT, enjoy it. I don't know if you know. with the Ascension. Do you remember the Ascension's debut? I think they they didn't do great in their debut. They looked very mm-hmm. nervous. Yeah. And. So here's the thing. Sometimes when people wrestle for progress for the first time, they don't necessarily have their best match. Some people are just brilliant the first time you bring them in. Some people, and we've got used to this now, because for some people, it's it's it, people see it as a big deal working for us. Which is, which is an amazing amazing thing for us, an amazing pat on the back for us, and we're really humbled. Mm-hmm. But when people say to us they're nervous about working for us, then I cut them a bit of slack and go, do you know what? If you don't put the, your very best match out the first time you wrestle for us, it's probably fine. Well, that, it's it's we'll have had this in gigs. Like XS Malarkey in Manchester used to be the same, mm. in that I would get nervous for it because it had a reputation. And the little gig, the lovely little gig I book in Keithley has become the same, and that people get nervous before they go on because if a place has a reputation of being good and that people do their best stuff there, people just being good isn't enough mm. you, you you walk out and you think if I don't steal the show if they're not chanting this is progress before we lock up 
<laughs> you know. It's the same doing the London Comedy Store. It's like, I have to absolutely obliterate this every time I do it. And the pressure that you put yourself under, sometimes it's enough pressure to make you do it. It's really counterproductive well. and, sometimes. But sometimes well. it is, especially if your brain, depends how your brain's put together. Mm. Some people, like Will Ospreay's a great example of someone who is just brilliant at everything he does and doesn't even need to try or think about it, right? I, um, you know, and then there's other guys who are not like him. There's mm-hmm. guys who genuinely get nervous. I mean, when um, I think Jimmy mentioned this when Jimmy Havoc was first first at a round table, he mentioned that all the time he was he was progress champion, nervous all the time mm-hmm. because it was a big deal to him. It was a big deal to us, and he did a he found an unbelievable job for a couple of years. But it was always it was always in the back of his mind. Like he was after every match, I'd have to say. That was really good, and he was like, "Are you sure?" Because I couldn't. It's like, yeah, it's brilliant. That, that, that fraud it. fear yeah. that you know. today's the day you get caught out. Yeah. With with the ascension as well, the other the other thing you get, and I think they were victims of that period where they were they were still figuring out how to bring folk from NXT mm-hmm. to the main roster, and it wasn't just them that took that took the brunt of that. Adam Rose went from being mm-hmm. red hot to being so so, and it's. It, there's, I think they were part of the growing pains. Plus, any any flaws will be immediately illuminated in front of an audience of casual fans. But this is the other thing that people don't seem to realise sometimes, is when you get caught up from... And this is my fear with Nakamura that I've said a couple of times. Nakamura is brilliant on NXT mm-hmm. because we're all wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the audience for NXT is different to the audience to Raw or SmackDown. He gets caught up to Raw or SmackDown, doesn't speak brilliant English, doesn't get put with Paul Heyman, as I keep suggesting, um, uh, but doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't have something... Inst- like, the way they've brought Joe up is brilliant on mm-hmm. Raw. And Joe's sit-down interview from Raw this week is amazing yeah. and makes him... It, it answers all the questions about his past and why he's not been in WWE. Everything in that makes him look strong. And also, because he's not a ranter and a raver, it makes him look incredibly dangerous yeah right and that's they've done it sorted brilliant mm-hmm. um but joe's been around a long time and joe's joe's been a main event in nearly everywhere he's gone yeah, yeah. so it's not a stretch for him to get called up no. when someone's if someone's a champion in nxt whether they're tag team champions or whatever and they get called up to the, the main show it's a bit like being a football team right if you get promoted from the championship into the premiership um, with one small ex- a, a example from my, the football team I support, which is a rarity, um, and a 5,000 to one shot. As a rule, you ain't winning the league. Mm-hmm. Right? It's going to be once in a lifetime that someone gets called up and they absolutely knock it out of the park. Yeah, and you've got guys who've been called up like Seth Rollins and like, uh, um, and like Finn Balor who have knocked it out of the park straight away. But in the main, you know, Finn's was super quick how he got the title and then unfortunately injury. injury. But it feels like Seth Rollins was super quick. No. no. It was three years before yeah. he won a title. Yeah. Well, before he won the main title. Yeah. You know, Dean Ambrose, similar similar amount of time. Ramon Reigns, similar amount of time. Mm-hmm. And they were pushed to hell because, you know, they they got over super quick. Cesaro has still not won a title. No. You know, not again, not won the main title. Um, Kevin Owens... Got it fairly. Got the universal title fairly quick, but that was more circumstance because someone yeah. getting injured. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's tons and tons of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you know is you know is just is down to um, circumstance and luck. And not everyone who gets called up can smash it out of the park. Yeah. No. You know, everyone's got to know know their role. But then it's that 
the fact that you you could find that piece of the puzzle mm. and it could be a set of circumstances it could be an opportunity and then all of a sudden your fortunes will change um so yeah with the ascension it's but don't lose sight of the fact that when they hit fall of man the place came up for that near fall yeah. everyone mm-hmm. i everyone went oh my god they're doing it yeah. and he didn't kick out mm. there was a save and it was a 11th hour and also just the the timing on grand amplitude at the end oh it's it absolutely was a beautiful thing of beauty it genuinely so was explain to me why that move hurts more than a normal move because it looks that pretty, that's why. Okay, good answer, thanks, Matt. Um, <laughs> because you go from being in the air, and to quote Jimmy Havoc, thinking, I really should have landed by now, <laughs> to immediately finding yourself in a pinning combination. Thank you. With a very strong bridge from an amateur wrestler. That's a good answer. Bam. Olympian. Yes. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you. Because his real name's not Chad Gable. Mm-hmm. And he was an Olympian under his real name. Mm-hmm. So why have they changed his name? Isn't it a nod to... Um, the amateur Dan wrestling. Gable Dan Gable yeah it's not criticism it's no no because there, there was a period of time where I, I think I had to ask Gallagher I was like he's not he's not a kid is he like, but no yeah I think that's where it came from um, next Nikki Bella and uh, Natalia went to a double count out um, which I found quite an innovative ending in that she was genuinely trying to get back in the ring and got mm. pulled back out and thrown into the guardrail mm-hmm. which is, is pretty decent um, my, my one minor criticism this match and it is minor because it it did exactly what they needed to do and prolong the feud between the two of them which is a lot of it is based around um, around a TV series that mm. I don't enjoy but John Briley loves mm-hmm. um, uh, it was Natalia's constant taunting seemed a little bit mm. it, that seemed a little bit over the top to me I, I mean like, again like like this wasn't the match for me but then it's never going to be the match for me but again, and and again, you have to appreciate yeah, no, that, that it is again yeah. mainstream entertainment audience. There are tons of people who go nuts for this. Yeah, and it's Nikki's. It's not kind. She's from Scottsdale, which is near Phoenix. So yeah, yeah. it is hometown for her. I just, I just find it interesting though because, like, um, I know Natalia gets spoken about in a in in high praise and and sort of. Harold is as like oh well she was the only wrestler in in the Divas generation, but I find it really interesting in terms of when I watch her, like compared to like for instance Mickey James earlier on the show, like I know who I'd be putting Nikki Bella in every week with in terms of like a wrestling standpoint it would be Mickey James so I find it really interesting why. Natalia almost gets excused sometimes, like, oh, well, you know, a character doesn't really matter, uh, and, and storyline doesn't really matter, because cause, cause Natalia's really good, Natalia's really good, and it's like, I'm not saying she's not good, mm. but I think you kind of need to go, well, she's not really good, because if she was really good, there wouldn't be a but yeah, or a, you know, stuff. So that, that's, that's my only point on it, and again, it's not... <laughs> You know, there's probably people like, oh, you're about like Natalia's well good, and it's like she, 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 she's solid, but you know, like I don't look at her and see possibilities. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, so she's where she is. She's yeah. gotten as high as she can. Um, yeah, it's again, it's a women's match with a reason for it to happen. It wasn't just thrown together to tick a box. Um, I, I, if there's one thing I struggle with with this feud is that I don't find Nikki Bella very sympathetic. I don't. I don't find her as someone that I'm rooting for, because I don't. I don't know what it is. I think she, for me, I think she makes a better 
um, antagonist mm. than protagonist because she is. The problem is in, she's, in, a high, she's a high. She's a high status. Yes, exactly. Yeah. She's in a position yeah. of high status where she wants for nothing, and you. The trouble with with exposing people's private lives is 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 when when you bring that grain of truth in, where Natalia's saying, you only got this because of John Cena. Now, I'm not going to assume for a second that's true, but it's possible. It's plausible. And it, and, and to say, it certainly wouldn't have harmed her. It wouldn't have done her any harm, my, I don't think. My issue, there was a little issue towards the end of the match. She was walking backstage and I was scrapping all the way, which was good. Mm. Right? Scrapping all the way back up the aisle. But then... They take Natalia backstage, and she sort of Ooh. kind of turns around and smiles. And mm-hmm. like, but if you just had a fight, you should be mm-hmm. happy. You should be constantly annoyed. Mm-hmm. But there was part of her, that, and, and I'd probably be in a similar situation where it's like it's my hometown, and this place is full, and, and this is one of the loudest reactions she's got for a, a, since she came back. So mm-hmm. when she initially came back, she got a really big mm-hmm. reaction. I think it's it's very difficult. It's like you say, if you were to look at them, if you knew nothing about either of them. And you were to just look at a photograph of Nikki and a photograph of Natalia, mm. you'd go. I think everyone would pick Nikki as the heel. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't think anyone would pick Natalia as the heel just based on a photograph. And that's mm-hmm. possibly why it feels maybe why Natalia's taunting feels to me a little bit forced because they're yeah. trying to. Ooh. Whereas if Nikki was doing that, it wouldn't feel forced. It'd feel mm. completely natural. Yeah. Although I'm sure I'm sure she's absolutely lovely as a human being, yeah, yeah. but the way she's been presented for most of her WWE career is as a dick. Yeah. And I'm I'm fairly sure this happened, but it was quite late at night when they had their little pull apart afterwards. Um, I'm fairly sure I heard Nikki shout while they were being separated, "Get her away from me!" Yeah, she did. I remember that. I heard. That. Yeah, which mm. is again, you're not. That's not what the ba- the babyface wants to no. get their hands on their opponent. And I think, but a lot of that might be down to her being a heel for most of her career. Yeah, possibly. You get, you get used to certain ways. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I think what's what's interesting about the two characters is you can spin them both ways. Like, you've got you've got Natalia on the one hand, who you could say came up the right way because she learned how to wrestle from a family business, and she was brought up, and she had to work for everything. She worked hard to get where she was, and she was never she was never a diva, and she was never this. And that's that's a sympathetic baby face. Um, storyline but then on the other side you can say well well, Natalia had everything handed to her because of her surname and because of her association with her uncle or whatever and then but the thing with Nikki is again you can you can spin her as like oh she was she's this socialite and she's this high maintenance person and, and everything blah 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 but then why is Nikki not saying like well I I might be where I am now but I had to start somewhere, yeah. and isn't is shouldn't that be the story of I had to pull myself up from the you know the bootstraps and then climb my way up there, and everything I've got, regardless of what you think, is that I've earned it. But I never hear her saying that. If that makes sense, it's quite easy to prove because she has been in WWE for a long time. Yeah, exactly. And she's not been in a relationship with John Cena for all that time. And admittedly, this is not a story that I'm overly engrossed with. So this might have been said at some point, but but to me, I think. I think again, I, I really agree with Chris. It's it's about empathy at the yeah. end of the day, and it's about it's about caring about this person, and and she needs to show some humanity, <laughs> you know, like as horrible as that is, you know. Um, and again, like I've never watched Total Divas, but I, every trailer or clip I see, she's being a bitch. She's being a mean there, girl. There is a um, 
the thing with her. I, I, I Brie, I find very sympathetic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's because that every scene with the two of them in Total Divas was essentially um, Brie talking about how with Daniel Bryan they were going to live very simply and have <laughs> like that, and Nikki going, "I don't understand. How can you two live in a house that doesn't have a moat?" You know, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it really is it is that kind of thing, and it's. Yeah. You see someone who wants for nothing, who mm. genuinely wants for nothing, who makes no secret the fact that she likes red carpets, she likes mm. all that kind of stuff, and that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it, but that that's not someone you feel like you need to get behind because yeah, they've no. got it all. It's it's like it's the American dream, though, isn't it? It is, it you is, will. but... If, if you but think about it, it is It the is the American dream. dream, but they're not highlighting the most important part of the American dream, which is you've got to start at the bottom and no, you've got you to do. have... Yeah, exactly, right? Which is death to commies. Yeah, that's uh, exactly what they should be doing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, right, next match, we'll move on. Um, Randy Orton beat Luke Harper. Um, I love this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Harper's great. What I love about this match is... So my, my daughter said to me, we started watching it last night, and she was kind of watching it, and she's not that fussed, right? And she said to me, she said, what happens, do, do sometimes wrestlers come out and no one no one really cheers or does anything? I went, yeah. Like, like the biggest names will get a huge, big, huge booze or huge cheers, but, you know, sometimes wrestlers kind of come out to an indifferent reaction. Yeah, yeah. Which is what Luke Harper got. Yeah. Right? Because Randy came out, and everyone likes Randy's music, and Randy's yeah. got a new lease of life with this, this and it was brilliant seeing the the whole video package of why he joined the Wyatts, in mm-hmm. case people don't know, um, because he looks amazing in that package. He mm-hmm. looks absolutely brilliant. Um, but Harper came out of silence. Mm-hmm. By the end of the match, Harper was over as fuck. Yeah. Right? And I'm super into Orton since he joined the Wyatt family. I think the whole match was great. I think the finish of it, Getting you know once again putting over the fact the RKO can be delivered literally out of nowhere, yeah. um, but everything felt it felt really really good and, yeah. and it felt that Harper's really taken his chance because he had the kind of aborted one when he was Intercontinental Champion, yeah. Um, but now it really feels that he's he's <laughs> taken his chance. The difficult thing is is uh, and we'll know more because SmackDown's tonight, mm. so we'll know more how everything's going to fit together based on what we'll get to in the main event in a while. Mm. But you know. What what do they do with Luke Harper next? I mean, that was quite, Jim Taylor asked that question, and various other people asked the question as well. Jim's was the first one I saw. But what what do they do now with Luke Harper? I, I mean, I personally think they just should let whatever happens happens, if that makes sense in a way. Because like he is already different because he's talking. Mm. He's found his own voice, which is a big point of. Well, now he's left the family unit where he had to toe the line and whatever. And it's like, well, now we do find out who Luke Harper is. Who is Luke Harper? Why, why was he in the Wyatt family? Why, you know, what's his backstory? It's like, I think they they should be a little bit more open about it rather than be like, all right, cool. He's going to now wear, I don't know, a berserker gear or go around saying huss. Like, I just think it should be organic. Like, that. I loved the match. I thought the match was phenomenal. I love the promo package. But for me, the biggest point, like the, the cherry on top, if you would, is that, oh, I'm excited. I'm excited because yeah. I'm like, I'm interested in Orton. And I'm like, oh, but who's Luke Harper? Oh, this is exciting. So I think he's, I mean, he will continue to play a part in the Wyatt's business for a while. Yeah. 
being beaten, but also taking Randy Orton to his limit, having that kind of match with an established main event with the pedigree that Randy Orton has mm. and having a cracking match. And there was that moment where I think people were going, I certainly thought he could win this. And if he does win this, what does that mean? What does that mm. mean for WrestleMania? What does it mean for going forward? Obviously, we didn't know what was going to happen in the Elimination Chamber at that point as well. Um, and I suspect he will continue to busy himself with with the Wyatts for a while. I have a, um, I have a, I'm not going to do it until after we've talked about the Elimination Chamber, but I have a prediction for mm-hmm. um, how WrestleMania is going to end. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I think the, thing, the interesting thing with Luke Harper is again, it's like you, you kind of said that, like he's had a couple of false starts. But I think what's really interesting about him is I don't think he really needs to do like he obviously needs to do something, but I don't think he needs to do too much beyond because he he he's making me want to watch SmackDown, and I'm not I'm genuinely not just saying that because I think that's what should be said. I genuinely am like, oh, that's wicked. I might I might check that out. You know what I mean? And I think that's a good thing because, I mean, the, the, the thing with this show, maybe on a whole, if I had a criticism of it, was I wasn't um, immensely interested in everything. Mm. But the things I was interested in, I was like, ooh. I'd go, I'd go along with that. There was, I enjoyed everything. There was things on it that I wasn't that fussed about going into it, like the, the handicap match and... and mm. If I'm honest, Nikki and Natalia, yeah. and and even to some extent, I wasn't super super excited about Mickey James against uh, uh, against Becky Lynch, yeah. um, or the, or even the, the tag thing. Yeah, but I was really excited about this match, the women's title match, and the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And and I'll be honest, if I put a progress show together, and we normally have seven matches, and there's three matches on it that everybody is absolutely desperate to see, and then the other four matches, half the audience. Are interested in seeing a couple of them, then we've won. If if yeah. the worst you go is solid, yeah. If the worst your ma- your show goes is <laughs> everyone enjoys. Is this it. advice for him after he's eaten bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, nice and tight. And yeah. Firm. Um, but yeah, yeah, continue. Yeah, but that's again, people have short memories, mm. and. We are very fortunate in many regards that we get consistently so much good wrestling on tap. And it wasn't that long ago where if, you know, from the dark days of In Your House at its, as its most disposable, where you were lucky to get one good match, yeah. you know, where it was, you'd have a Shawn Michaels match and then the rest would just kind of be stuff you'd, you'd sit through. Yep. Whereas now everything is at least good. Yeah. And it's rare that you watch something and go, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so standards are going up. And of course, expectations go up with it. But, uh, yeah. Good. Um, right. Uh, on to the women's title match. Um, Naomi uh, beat Alexa Bliss. Um, I remember when Alexa Bliss got called up from NXT and they did it on the draft. And I remember going, oh, but there's so many other people they could have called up. I was wrong. Because Alexa Bliss, WWE were right, I was wrong. Alexa Bliss has been great. Mm. Genuinely great. Um, I think she will be champion again. Mm. Um, it was only when uh, Naomi did her little thing afterwards. Naomi is my wife's favourite wrestler. We discussed this on yeah. Tuesday Night Jaw last week. Um, both of them are great. In eight minutes, I think they did loads of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Naomi's entrance is wonderful and tremendous. Um, 
And it was only after Naomi did a little thing, I went, oh, Naomi's from Orlando. That makes sense, her being champion. WrestleMania's mm. in Orlando. Ah, it yeah, makes okay. total sense. Okay. Yeah. It's total sense. She's a really good talker. She's really personable. She can go and do all the local media in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Carry a title belt with her. Get a huge pop when she comes out. Yeah. Win there. And imagine... the title on SmackDown. Imagine her entrance at WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh, my good God. That's going to be brilliant. It's going to be out this world, isn't it? Every night again, I'll just keep going. Be, 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 be out that having yeah. a fit while <laughs> all this robots go off. <laughs> um... I also think um, Alexa's uh, Alexa's sneer when she comes. Oh out yeah, 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 and just looks what is one of the best facial expressions since William Regal mm-hmm. uh, first first started she, doing this stuff in WWE. Yeah. She's she's believable. Yeah, yeah, you believe in her and a legitimate athlete, which I didn't know mm-hmm. until I did some research. She's a weightlifter, isn't she? Yeah, um, um, gymnast turned weightlifter yeah. turned bodybuilder turned everything. But. Um, no, she's like if we would if we were giving out awards and we do a most improved, she is. Oh yeah, yeah. But she, it turns out she was actually. If you go back and watch NXT. She was actually really good anyway mm-hmm. um, when she was man- uh, managing Blake and Murphy. Mm-hmm. But tremendous. It's that we we sort of mentioned this. It's sometimes you just find that you can have all the ingredients. It's just finding finding something to bind it all together oh, to mm-hmm. bring the the egg in the mixture, if you will, nice. for being. Uh, are you allowed that? cooking? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's allowed to look at them. <laughs> Sometimes he's he's watched some amazing omelets. But the <laughs> I need to introduce him as that at some point. <laughs> oh. what, an omelet watcher. <laughs> does sound like a racial slow waiting to happen, it doesn't does. it? The Bill Oddy of the omelet world. Oh good lord. Um yeah, but she's she found her feet and she's made the most of absolutely every opportunity. Yeah. And her her star isn't on Talking Smack as much as it has on the shows, where she has been utterly believable, completely seamless in her talking. Never it never sounds or feels like she's cutting a wrestling promo, brother. Sounds like it feels like she's just Talking Smack has been handy out. for establishing people because it's worked for her, it's worked for the Miz. Yeah, um, you know, it's a very positive tool to use something that's a little bit outside the norm. It's it gives people a little bit of breathing room. Mm. And even if you're only hitting like a tenth of your mainstream audience, mm. if that's like ten percent of your crowd suddenly go, "Woo, this is interesting," and because in the age of viral videos, yeah. like the clip of the Miz going apoplectic, or the clip of Nikki getting attacked on Talking Smack, it's at the point now where if I can't watch SmackDown, I will make peace with it. But I will always find time to watch Talking Smack every week. Mm. I. Um... I'm pleased that Naomi is champion. Um, I, I I sincerely think they'll put it back on Alexa Bliss at some point because she is just really good. And, and you have to look if you're do, if you're working in WWE creative, you're going to go in the same way. You're super pleased with Naomi because you've give, Naomi's been given a gimmick that was probably like yeah, just give her, she can dance, give her this, mm-hmm. and she's made it amazing. And in the case of Alexa Bliss, she's they've gone right okay let's see how you get on oh my god you're really good you know so I think that's I think they will switch it back at some point but I'm fine with it um, we then get to the main event the Elimination Chamber we've got a lot of questions on this so I'll quickly go through the detail of the Elimination Chamber um, I punched the air in joy as Bray Wyatt finally won the WWE title <laughs> um, after years of being one of my favourite wrestlers both for his in-ring stuff and for the fact that he is he is the 
he is the talking equivalent. He, he's not just when people go, oh, he's quite good, isn't he? He's not just quite good. Like in the past, wrestlers would be good at promos, but they would they'd have so much more limited time mm-hmm. to actually do promos and get TV time out of promos mm-hmm. compared to how much air Bray is filled with promos. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched a boring Bray Wyatt promo? Not once. No. They don't exist. Mm-hmm. Right? He is he is as good as a, a cross of between Jake the Snake Roberts in his prime and Mick Foley when he was Cactus Jack in ECW. He's that good at promos. He is unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. And in a decade's time, we will look back on him and go, oh my God, he was amazing, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, turns out he's also really good in the ring, especially for a lad who's carrying a bit of timber. He's a big, he's mm-hmm. a big lad, like Kevin Owens, and he can fucking go. And never wrestled on the Indies. Yeah. Not really. Not like Kevin Owens came a stellar. Yeah, yeah, you know this guy yeah. didn't. He was Husky Harris for a bit, for God's sake. Well, I, um, I, tremendous. I, traditionally, obviously, WWE main events in the UK are accompanied by birdsong and 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 sunlight starting to peek through the windows, and it's easy during the main event of the Limitation Chamber. I'm starting to flag a little bit, and I was very much awake the minute John Cena was eliminated. Hmm just because of the excitement of knowing that something I didn't mm. expect to happen was going to happen and that we were going to see a new champion. Yeah. And Jen, and that unpredictability of not knowing what was going to happen next. And um, anyone who says it was predictable is wrong. Yeah. It, I know there's a lot of people going, oh, we, we knew this, the odds of, of happening were, uh, you know, people were discussing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what? I thought it might have happened. Still doesn't mean I wasn't pleased because mm-hmm. catharsis is quite a nice thing sometimes in wrestling mm-hmm. yeah. even though I expected it to happen I was delighted with that it happened and mm-hmm. the fact that it was in a fantastic elimination chamber match and I'll be honest in saying I've not always been 100% on mm-hmm. board with the elimination chamber as a concept in the past I think what's been really interesting lately is like um, the the big matches in WWE have felt like big matches yes and I think this this really was a really good example of that big fight feel because it was it, it it wasn't it wasn't JBL or Ronaldo telling me it was a big fight feel it was me going ooh I'll tell you what might have helped as well is the fact that for the first time in a while we had one elimination chamber match mm. yeah yeah as opposed yeah. to yeah. well you know what we brought it yeah. Does anyone else want to go while well, we've got it here? Well, I, I genuinely, uh, we were watching together, or we watched most of it together. I was genuinely the same as I was like, I expected like the tag match to be in the Elimination Chamber for some reason, and I thought the women, I, like, in my head, I was like, oh, it's going to be like lethal lockdown, you know, TNA style, this like, it's exact steel, baby. But it apparently wasn't, which was great, which is really, really good, yeah. Sparingly, use these things sparingly and use them well. Yeah. Yes. Um, I. I genuinely really love this match, and, and, and not just because of the result. I think everyone in it did their part to perfection. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it comes back, it's like what you were saying about the tag turmoil match. If you have a multi man match, everyone should get a chance to shine, and there shouldn't be loads of time when there's nothing happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the case here, and everyone, everyone was, and it's like when we put our our little dream elimination chamber match together, we did so in a sense of let's have a little bit of every flavour. Mm-hmm. So everyone approached it in a different way. Everyone in there was was very was a very different feel in how they 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 fought. Um, I thought the Miz was fantastic. I thought mm. Baron Corbin played his part to perfection. Um, 
and and again the 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 part where you know you had who who was it that had the face off at one point where they did the everyone else was down but two people got in the ring. No way, I'm blurring. Sorry, I'm getting confused. Okay. I rewatched an old Elimination Chamber and that was seen in Daniel Bryan. Ignore me. But everything everything made perfect sense. And yet wasn't it never felt like it was by the numbers. Does yeah. that make sense? Like yeah. like a really yeah. good T V drama we go, you know what? It all makes sense, but I didn't necessarily see it happening like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, we're gonna. Uh, there's a lot of questions about this match, so we're gonna colour it with the, these questions mm-hmm. and see how we feel. Um, question number one: Glenn Frost, do we like the new uh, elimination chamber structure? Yes, it reminds me of something from Gladiators. All it needed was an angry Scottish man going contenders already. It had an air of Castle Grayskull about it. Oh, yeah. that's even better. I I loved it. I thought um, you f- we forget now that they've had the same one for 15 years. Yeah. So probably the welding started to go on the corners a little bit, but I, I think as well, like in a in a in a architectural standpoint, like they they clearly thought about it. Yeah, they they clearly went. Oh, it would be really good for a camera angle if we had like a a yeah. see through bit here at the top. And how about we get rid of that cattle grid so people's bones and organs don't get ruined i think it's it's they they sat and said right if they didn't change it for changing its sake they went well we need maybe they went all right the old one's a bit battered now let's Mm. let's turn that into an adventure playground somewhere near barnstable and then and then we can good choice because barnstable needs Mm. that needs an attraction but how do we make this better and again this is back to what i said earlier about gimmick matches being limiting Mm. because do you have things like RVD squashing Triple H's throat because there wasn't enough space to stand up mm. on the on the yeah. pod? You just the little thing by going from a round design to a square design. Immediately, they've got much more space to play with, mm. and it was apparent in what they were able to do inside mm. that structure. Yeah. Which is why I felt like it wasn't as claustrophobic, but they still did lots of exciting stuff. And there was still an element of risk to it and an yeah, element yeah. of danger. This is a this is a question from Joe Allerton saying some fans, not him, have been complaining that the new structure was too safe, right? Because there's no longer metal floor in it. There is kind of a nicely carpeted floor in it. Um, but does it make you laugh that some fans want injuries? Yes, Joe, it does. Um, <laughs> if you watch wrestling hoping that a wrestler's going to get injured, then get fucked. Yeah, I tell you what. They can go and take a bump in the old elimination chamber and fuck off. That's what I've got to say. <laughs> no, actually, forget that. Take a bump in the, in the ring. ring. Take yeah. a bump in the ring. I, I've taken um, two two bumps. I tried to take two bumps at the Projo years ago when we first started the Projo. Maybe I've done two or three shows. Um, and I took two bumps, landed square on the back of my head both times, pretty much concussed myself. It was in agony for a couple of, a couple of days. Legitimately in agony for a couple of days. If you are... Like... I, I, we always mention Matthew from Botchamania on there. Right? Yeah. I genuinely think Matthew's a com- comic genius because a lot of the stuff he notices <laughs> is, yeah. is genuinely hilarious. Yeah. He's got a wonderful comic eye for it. As a rule, he always feels bad if he puts up a botch where someone gets legitimately hurt yeah. he feels bad about it. Mm-hmm. right? Because I know he's mentioned it before and often he'll avoid stuff like that. Yeah. You know, He's not ever putting up and this is a really extreme example, but he's not ever putting up Pero Aguayo dying in the ring. No, no. Right? Because that's horrible. In fact, he, he wasn't behind the first couple of Botchamania videos. 
It was something that he kind of inherited when someone else oh, stopped doing that. it. And the original Botchmania videos did have things like the Hayabusa mm. uh, breaking his neck Wait, instant, that, uh, and, and Sid breaking his leg. And I get there's a morbid fascination with people wanting to see these things, in the same mm. way that people watch Formula One hoping to see crashes. I get mm-hmm. that. But I don't want to hear that... And this uh, and my attitude uh, uh, has definitely changed since I became a promoter as well. I don't want to hear someone got concussed. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want to hear someone like the injury that happened to Triple H I don't want to hear stuff like that happening to people it, mm-hmm. it, it's it, it, and, and if you're the suspension of disbelief should be there enough that even though mm-hmm. it's not solid metal outside the ring but within the cage anymore you know it does seem to have some kind of coating on it that makes it slightly better it's still going to work yeah. and, and it won't have been fun yeah and, and I, to, to, like joking aside and I'll re- retract my fuck off statement um, <laughs> no he doesn't he, he genuinely no, no. <laughs> he means it Em Richards host on Twitter. Shut up. Um, because, all right, for, here's a good example. Like, like I enjoy FMW. I enjoy CZW tournament death. Yep. Like, and I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a human being and a, in wrestling that got brought through by a lot of guys that were all British guys. And the way they look at wrestling is all about, you know, technical wrestling and stuff like that. But I can't help my, again, my curiosity with it. But I think the, the difference, and if we're going to be sensible and logical in this is, Tournament of death happens once a year. I understand elimination chamber only happens once a year, but them 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 guys' schedules don't happen once a year. They are wrestling six seven days a week, you know, and they are taking bump after bump after bump. And even in a business sense, it would be stupid to continuously raise the stakes and put your performers in danger if you are writing a TV show. Yeah. And this is what you people have got to remember. They are they are a TV company that write a TV show that just happens to feature wrestling. So from a completely logical point of view, it makes sense. And and the other side of it is as well, it, it is I think kind of in the in the way that like the the older hardcore stuff and the older deathmatch stuff pushed the envelope because it fought against the static nature of what wrestling became. In the same way, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, there was loads of hair metal bands and then Nirvana came along. Like, but the thing is, is like, not everyone wants to just listen to Nirvana, if that makes sense. So I, I think I, I understand why, why such things exist and that idea of taking risks, of course, are exciting. But I mean, from a completely logical point of view, from a company that are a very sensible company for the most part and what they do I think I think it had to be done God that was a sensible answer mate well done it was um, I because they've been uploading quite a lot of Elimination Chamber matches onto YouTube of late and even though I've got the network and could just watch them anyway it's a bit like when a film you've got on DVD pops up on ITV2 late at night you just watch it because it's there yeah um, well actually yeah exactly <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> I hate love actually. I was, so I was tricked into watching that, um, but that's I, um, a story for another podcast. Um, um, my, the... my John Briley's favourite line that I ever wrote in comedy mm-hmm. was a line that I accidentally said when telling a story about how the fact that my dad loves the film Love Actually and I hate it and he can't understand why I hate it so much. And the line I used in my head, that I improvised in my head to say why I hate Love Actually so much, was the line because Martine McCutcheon doesn't deserve happiness. <laughs> and it made John laugh for six solid months. Uh, um, <laughs> yes, yes. So to make him laugh. Is that, is that why he's used all his laughter up? Yes, yeah. Is that <laughs> yes. it? yeah, that will have done it. He's burnt through his supply yeah. for the next ten years. Um, when I was watching 
old Elimination Chamber matches, and they do the top 10 videos on YouTube where they say the most OMG moments. Seeing people get flung onto that grating actually stopped me enjoying yeah. the match. It took me out of it because there is no way to do that safely. And also, if I'm going to be... Again, if we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty of it, seeing people bump gingerly on that, which is what they have to do, also takes me out of it. Mm. Because it becomes apparent that you cannot... Unless you're, you're clearly mental, like Fit Finley was, taking a choke slam onto the metal structure. It, if, if you want to not spend the rest of your night feeling for bone chips in your elbows and knees, mm. you have to kind of do that. And it, it that takes me out the moment as much as anything else. So I would sooner as soon as as soon as I went, oh that's different, and then the action spoke for itself. Um Adam Lewis asks, should Barry Barry Corbin, Bazza, um have been eliminated first and so easily? Well uh, I would say it doesn't matter when he's eliminated, because the most important thing is who Everyone was in it for a fair amount of time, apart from The Miz. And The Miz's remit is, The Miz only needs to be in there two minutes, it's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was in there long enough. He got to look like an absolute yeah. murderer. Mm-hmm. He was responsible for the elimination of Dean Ambrose to presumably set up a feud with them. So him being rolled up by Dean Ambrose, who is a top-level babyface, mm-hmm. um, because he was distracted, is fine. It doesn't matter that he goes out first. It's not... Mm-hmm. It's not. Like Jack Gallagher was the first person eliminated in the Royal Rumble. I don't think it's going to kill his career. I mean, I've got no respect for him now. I've heard that rumour. Yeah. Um, it's someone has to be eliminated first. Yeah, Absolutely. that's the thing. It's like, and when we have tournaments, someone has to go out in the first round. And again, to use Jack and his example, he went out in the second round. He's doing all right, isn't yeah. he? And what was that? Least experienced wrestler in the match makes a mistake and gets pinned. Yeah, fine. You know, that's and, and then what does he do? Beats the living tar out of he, Dean Ambrose, and, and you remember that bit. And so, costs him and costs him the match. Yeah. So we're left again with more questions and answers. And I would quite enjoy seeing yeah. Baron Corbin and Dean Ambrose do some more stuff together. Yeah. I would agree. And, and and Corbin's another guy who's really benefited from talking smack. Yeah. Which is why they keep putting him on there because yeah. he's giving them good TV. Um. That wrestling lad asks. Um, who from the UK Indies could we see in an Elimination Chamber match in the next five years? I mean, based on current signing <laughs> rates, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> All of us. Matt's going to be a one. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Me and Piers Morgan. Yeah. Um, I, everyone. Um, no. I mean, it's difficult because realistically speaking, there are guys on the UK Indies now who are um, under WWE contracts because of the WWE UK stuff. Mm. So... You know, it's very easy to look at Tyler Bate and look at Pete Dunne and go, well, clearly those guys, but um, I think they're quite obvious. So let's not use them. Who, mm-hmm. who People who aren't in any way tied to WWE at the minute, so haven't been in the WWE UK tournament, who else could we see in an Elimination Chamber match? I'm going to throw my money behind Zach Gibson. That's I think he shout. would fit in perfectly. Um, also because... He's distinctly different from a lot of the guys who wrestle a very indie style at the moment. Mm. I think he's he's closer to the archetypal WWE big lad, strong character, but fuck me, he can go wrestler. Um, and I think much like The Miz, he would play his part to perfection in a match like that. Uh, I think Osprey, because I think in five years' time, he will have 
done pretty much everything you can do in New Japan. Mm-hmm. And I think by that point it'll be it'll be the ripe old age of twenty eight, <laughs> and it will be ideal to be in WWE. And mm-hmm. think of the stuff that that ridiculously inventive young man will do in that in that cage. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> unbelievable stuff. Um, is, that's a, quite a tough question. I'm, I'm gonna go with Nathan Cruz. Mm. I could I could see Nathan being like the Miz role in there. Mm-hmm. Just I think in many bag. respects, Nathan already is the Miz in the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. very good. At it. Um, very good, at it. and that is that is meant as one hundred percent praise. Oh yeah, yeah, he is for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, I'm going Nathan. Yeah. Um, uh, Joey Jojo. I like to think Joey Jojo Junior Shabadoo is his full name. <laughs> Come back, Joey Jojo. <laughs> um, I love that we all got that as well. <laughs> um, could the WWE? Just have kept the title on AJ Styles until Elimination Chamber, and then have Bray Wyatt winning off of him. Well, yes, of course they could have. They could have done, but, but I, I have a theory on why they didn't. Um, Go on, because when Cena wins his seventeenth title, that's going to be how he turns heel. Okay, someone, someone made—I can't remember who it was. Someone else made this point to me because they were saying like. Um, it's almost like, oh, well, the 16th title thing happened, but they didn't really make a big deal of it. So they're waiting for the 17th one to make yeah, a big deal it was, of it. It was to set up the yeah. 17th. Is that, is that going to be him winning the 17th title in the main event of WrestleMania 35 and holding it over his head whilst throwing his wristband on the floor and pumping Nikki Bella in the centre of the ring? <laughs> I, I genuinely think I think they teased, because he, he wrestled as a heel. Mm-hmm. And we discussed this on the Royal Rumble Roundtable. He wrestled as a heel at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. 100%. He did dick things. He was over the top. He showed he was showing off, and he didn't do as much in this match because there was too many moving parts. All, all, all I'm hearing is Hulk Hogan, and I just, that's all I can hear, babyface Hulk Hogan. But, but <laughs> I'm so I'm being a dick. For no, it. No, they'll they'll do it. They'll do it because I, it, make, it makes it makes sense to do it. I don't. I don't. I, I'm. I'm not. I. I don't disagree with you. Um, but I think this. Look, it's my podcast. Get out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, but I think the other thing with the title change is like again, like it kind of it kind of makes me chuckle a little bit because like people want spontaneity in wrestling. Hmm. So Cena winning the title was like, oh okay, and Cena going in um, to the Elimination Chamber, you had that nagging doubt in the back of your head, like, and everyone was 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 really annoyed about Cena versus Orton. So, in a way, the pop that they got when Cena got eliminated helped the end of the match. So, is that not good booking? But that, that's the thing, is... Taking a title off John Cena means more. Mm-hmm. And if John Cena had just kind of been in the shuffle, along there for the ride, because I could... I, I'll be honest, I thought... I, I, I honestly thought... That Cena was going to retain. Yeah. I thought that's where they were going with it. Um, but the fact that Bray Wyatt has pinned John Cena, t- essentially robbed him of the title, and then gone on to beat AJ Styles. So he's beaten both the champion and mm-hmm. the former champion at the conclusion of an both incredible match. Cleanly as well. Clean as a whistle. Um, obviously, you have that would it happen in a one on one match because there's mitigating factors and, and blah. But had. had AJ Styles retained. I don't think it would have meant quite as much. It never means as much as beating John mm. Cena. 
and and we can talk about AJ Styles as being equal to or greater than John Cena, and maybe he is. But in terms of the WWE audience, into the WWE, if you don't beat John Cena, you've not beaten the guy at the top. Shout out for Bray Wyatt's two sister Abigails that won the match, by the way, because mm-hmm. they were both the one on AJ in particular where he caught him and then in a really stiff headlock mm-hmm. and adjusted. then adjusted him and did it. And because and the one on Cena where it's almost like his brain went this is my opportunity I'm not even going to do the pause and kiss him thing I'm just going to do it straight away made them look absolutely brutal and Mm -hmm. just made me sitting here watching it on my telly just made me pop all the more it's the diamond cutter thing which is as soon as you can hit a move like that bam Um, well well, two moves out of nowhere potentially at WrestleMania Um, two more questions about this match in particular Um, Wilson Wilson says um, does the Elimination Chamber gimmick overshadow the actual match what? What? Um, I, and do you, I does he mean? Does he mean literally in the sense that the the structure is, is opaque? Shadow. No, I get, um, I get where he's coming from because a lot of the t- it, it happens a lot with Hell in the Cell matches where they talk about the demonic structure of the cell and mm-hmm. they don't actually necessarily talk about the wrestlers involved in it. In this case, I don't. So think it, it does. meaning more does the hype of yeah. the match outshadow it? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Um, uh, because if you think about it, going into this, the talk was about the, the elimination chamber. Yeah, the talk wasn't about what does this mean for WrestleMania, mm-hmm. which is now what we're talking about now. But mm-hmm. the talk going into it wasn't it, there wasn't a hype, there wasn't a really really strong hype package of mm-hmm. these are the six men in it. No, and this is this is why they could win yeah. it, and this is where they could go if mm-hmm. they do win it. It was it's elimination chamber. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the mo at the moment mm-hmm. is that the selling point for this show was it's the elimination chamber pay per view. Ergo, it's going to be about the elimination chamber. Mm-hmm. And love it or hate it, Hell in a Cell, TLC, Elimination Chamber, even Royal Rumble to some extent mm. is like the Royal Rumble is probably the greatest example of this because it will always be the Royal Rumble is bigger than any of the participants mm. at this point. And it wasn't that case to begin with. It was more about the people in it. Mm. Um, Big John Stud. But you are going to be able if the people in it are good and tell and do their and they couldn't have put six better people in in many mm. ways, then they will not be limited by the Elimination Chamber. It won't overshadow them while it's happening. But if you're selling to people who are maybe on the cusp of wrestling, you are selling them the novelty. You are selling them... It's it's X number of um, miles of chain. It's this. It's done this. Look at this. It's what happens in the past. Two, mile, two miles of chain. Done to people. Two miles. Two miles. Um, but then it's like to go back to to your your your, your favourite stipulation match, War Games. It's like, what was the draw of War Games? Because there was some War Games that had some not very good teams in it. Yeah, but I'm remembering it because there was two really really good War Games matches yeah. where it meant the absolute world. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And War Games was the the heat was the feuds. Right. Okay. War Games was the thing that set it over the edge, which is what Hell in a Cell should be. Mm-hmm. Hell in a Cell should be these two guys want to kill each other. The only way we can settle this is in the cell, which yeah. was it used to be, which is how it used to be. Yeah. And and I, I think it's a valid question for that point, yeah. you know. But you know, I think we've answered it. Um, final question, strictly speaking, regarding this match, um, from Daniel Ellis: What's next for AJ Styles? Um, Could take a wild guess that he'll continue to wrestle at the top of his game. For yeah, the I, don't, I don't think he. I mean, maybe he's going to have some toast. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's going to lie down. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you put him with anyone; he's going to be good, isn't he? Let's yeah. Be honest. Um, 
I mean, a lot of rumours of him and Shane McMahon, but I mean, we'll know again. We'll know more because SmackDown's tonight before we put this out. So mm-hmm. well, this will go out before SmackDown. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with him. And obviously, mm. I'm, I'm presuming tonight is going to be how they position him because yeah, yeah. they haven't got another pay per view. I, I love the fact that that's the question. What's next for him? Yeah, and we all want to find out. Yeah, and that's the point. Um, Good wrestling it is wouldn't... next for him because he's not in bad matches. Ever. No, he's he, he's all right, isn't he? He's all Kenny, right. Kenny Omega. He can go. Um, <laughs> it, it, again, I just want to throw that rumor. I out mean, there. would we want to see another match with John Cena? Because they've been knocking it out of the oh, park. Yeah. They've only what they've had is it three or four singles matches on pay per view now? Mm-hmm. Or two was it SummerSlam and no three? Three. Right. Because the third one was at the Rumble. Yeah. And will be WWE's best match this year. Nothing more top it. Yes, yeah, good shout. It's literally amazing. It's a good shout. Uh-huh. It's a um, good shout. For and and if you were to take me back five years of me as a wrestling fan I, and, and if I was saying the best match in 2017 will be John <laughs> Cena against AJ Styles I wasn't a massive I wasn't massive into AJ Styles even when he was in Ring of Honor and places like that I wasn't that fussed I thought he was great but, but wasn't he wasn't the first person I looked for and um, and the same with, with John Cena my attitude mm. since I've become a promoter towards John Cena has massively improved did your attitude adjust well done mate good work um, STFU um, so, are we looking, and again we'll know more tonight, mm-hmm. at Bray versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania? Now they keep saying headlining. Now I fully suspect that Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar will headline. Yeah. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know if they paint themselves into a corner by using that terminology, but they've done it before, haven't they? And they've said main event, and then it's been the opening match, and yeah. they called yeah. it main event. Sorry, Alberta. Um, but... Are we looking at Bray versus... I mean, I think Bray versus Orton is interesting. Yeah. Especially because the storytelling they've done in setting this up could be mm. brilliant. Mm. Bray telling Orton he's not allowed to face him or, or, or whatever. I have a theory on what I think is going to happen. Go on. So, Bray and Orton mm-hmm. are going to wrestle each other for the title. For Bray's title. Because he's not going to lose it between now and WrestleMania. Even though he's wrestling John Cena tonight. Um, Orton is going to be about to win the title and Luke Harper is going to interfere on Bray's behalf hmm. no matter what they do with him in the next few weeks he's, the, call, the call of him going back is going to be too strong hmm. like that guy who's in all the Scientology documentaries um, as being uh, uh, Marty Rathburn I think he's called who's in all the Scientology documentaries denouncing Scientology is still a fucking Scientologist mm-hmm. right still keeps going back to Scientology we'll be out for it for a couple of years and then we'll get pulled back in like an like the shittest last drug deal of a man's career, <laughs> right? Um, but that's what's going to happen. Luke, Har- they're going to build Luke Harper up so Luke Harper becomes super popular, and they're going to have him go straight back to looking after Bray, but with someone else. I don't know who the someone else is going to be. Mm. I will be honest. They will. The, the Wyatt family will have a new member. Mm. Um, I don't think Eric Rowan. I think Eric Rowan's injured for a long time. But I don't think Eric Rowan would be impressive enough. No, 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 for no, it no, to, no, no. So it would be an impressive. Wait, wait what? moment mm-hmm. um, that's what I genuinely think will happen I like and it. they'll keep the title on Bray yeah. for a long 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 time because he's earned mm-hmm. it now yeah. and I think they trust him and he's one of theirs yeah I I genuinely don't know what's going to happen next no. to the point that I can't even begin to to appreciate I don't think I think Wrestlemania is has become a bigger brand than a match if that makes sense yeah. I don't think Wrestlemania until they have another breakout to the level of Steve Austin or The Rock mm. 
I don't think they're going to be able to sell WrestleMania, or they will attempt to sell WrestleMania on a marquee match. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be the entire experience, and and people who go to WrestleMania watch it because of the spectacle, because of the scale of it, and because mm. it's a week, you know, mm. a week of everything. It's yeah. it's ultra indulgence. And on, on that point, it, it it looks like a good mania. Like you know the the potential matches or the matches. There's fifteen matches at the minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like fair, fair play. We're yeah. gonna be pre-show's gonna be stacked. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we've got. Um... I mean, they're gonna put half the show, the matches on 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 the progress versus evolve show anyway, and then the progress show, and then anyone else who's there just you know shimmer yeah. or whoever's <laughs> running that weekend. It's gonna be it's gonna be yeah. quite ridiculous. It's it's something, and then you, you've got already you've got Goldberg versus Lesnar. You've got, in theory, Orton versus Wyatt. You're clearly going to get Jericho versus Owens as mm. well after the shenanigans mm. of Raw this mm-hmm. week. But then um, you've got, like, potentially Ambrose, Corbin. Yeah. Uh, you've got potentially a, a cruiserweight match that could be a big cruiserweight. Yeah, depending I'm, on the I'm, time I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for a uh, Gallagher versus Aries rematch. Uh, not Aries rematch, Aries match, or a Gallagher versus Neville match, or Gallagher versus Aries versus Neville at WrestleMania. Gallagher versus Neville is happening. At, um, I know a rematch. Mm. I'm hoping. Right. Yeah, you, but you can tell but then even going. even then you've got the potential. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of out of loop. But is there not a potential of Roman Reigns and the Undertaker? Because he eliminated him from the Rumble. Roman Reigns and um, oh, then again Braun Strowman. You've got yeah. Braun Strowman, who's a yeah. massive star now. This is it. This is it's, it's exciting, isn't it? It's all yeah. right. It's exciting. It's exciting, it's exciting isn't it? Then it's you've got the right. two women's championships. So we're probably going to get Naomi. Uh, whether they'll put her in some big multi-woman match or what are they building on on Raw? It's um, Bailey's the new women's Bailey's champion. Bailey, champ. pro- yeah. probably Bailey and Sasha, or Bailey and Charlotte and Sasha. Yeah. Um, and you got Nijax there. Oh, there's too much. I, right, I, I struggle booking progress shows because we sometimes <laughs> have too many wrestlers. Imagine if you have to be in charge of yeah. WrestleMania, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and be the one to go, uh, yeah, you, you've got the night off, but the good news is you get to work access. Um, I think, well, Joe will be on the show as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, Joe. And, stop, and there's stop. still talk that Rollins might be good to come back. Oh. Might be. Triple H hasn't got a match there's, yet. There's that, there's that demon lad. He's, that, that demon lad. That demon lad, your yeah. mate. Kane, yeah. Kane, yeah. <laughs> um, one last little question. This is from Dan. Um, says, if we could create a new multi-person gimmick match, what would it be? I've already done one, mate. It's called the Thunder Bastard. It's dead good. You're um, welcome. <laughs> so I've I've answered the question from my point of view, but you lads, a new multi-person gimmick match, what would you put together? You can put your heads together for this, or you can no. do one separately. I love how straight away Matt's gone. No, I'm doing no, it. Now. Um... Um, a a reverse buried alive match <laughs> where there's six tombs is it, and six. Is it, the, is it the Kill Bill volume? Yeah, two yeah, that's Battle exactly Royal. what it is. Yeah, yeah. The Kill Bill volume two, um, fist of death battle reverse but, but buried alive match. But it's oh, it can only be people that have been buried alive previously by the Undertaker. No, it's just I, I it doesn't excite me. I've, I've said this earlier on it, it starts to feel a bit like nuts and gum championship wrestling that you know we're so busy trying to figure out if we could put eight people and a tiger inside a cage we never stop <laughs> never stop to think if we should yeah you know yeah and it's just 
oh, oh, because then you turn into TNA and you've got King of the Mountain and you've got the Reverse Battle Royal. And yeah, I've had yeah. people who've been in King of the Mountain and Reverse Battle Royal and I've said, can you explain it to me? And, and you know, when you have to actually print a PDF to <laughs> hand out at ringside so that everyone can understand what the rules of your fucking match are, it's, it's, oh, uh, for me, simple is best. Yeah. And... I'd love it to see a, a night, if a simple idea pops in my head while I'm having a shower or while I'm driving on the M6, maybe. But right now, I just can't think of any way to put loads of people in a ring without it either being basically derivative of something that already exists. And and even the good ones, even the Thunder Bastard, has elements of other matches of what have come before. No, not at all. No, no it does. Um, <laughs> it does, because it does. Yeah. Um, I must stress, Thunder Bastard was not... 100% my idea. I'm fairly sure it was John's idea that I attacked the slightest of ideas on. Mm-hmm. But I, I can take credit for the Atlas Division. So, you know, buzz out. Um, right. End of the podcast, because we're all very tired. Mm. Um, we're all going to be grumpy in the morning. Um, just tell people where they can get hold of you on, because we did all the plugs at the start, but how can people get hold of you on the internet, Matthew? Uh, at M. Richards, host on Z Twitter. Um, yeah. Just be nice. <laughs> um, You're very vulnerable at the moment, aren't you? I'm not no. Just just yes, just be are. nice. Um, because everyone usually is really nice. So yeah. just keep keep doing it. Um, yeah. yeah. Good. Go go and watch Heat Shot Wrestling and Fight Club. And well, I say progress, but you don't need it. No, it's just, how um, many sold? You took two minutes. You sold out the next show. Uh, 94 seconds. Do you not need oh, to, uh, and, Shouldn't and, and you and be was, handicapping yourself at this was, point for the and challenge? It was, and just, it was three shows in 94 seconds. Well, of course. So, <laughs> right now, you shouldn't be plugging your shows. If anything, you need to start handicapping yourself and, and you know... I was going to plug um, Fight Club Easter Weekend and I realised it sold out yesterday. So, yeah, yeah got, like if you're going yeah. to the Fight Club Easter Weekend, enjoy it. I'm not going to be there. Um, British Strong Style versus the Elite will be all right. Be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'd love it if it was British Strong Style against Elite, the BBC video game from the 1980s which you couldn't complete deadly that is the most dangerous that's the, possibly the most obscure reference you've made El- in, right on this podcast tweet Emirates host to tell him that Elite is not an obscure reference it's a very very well known game for anyone who is mine and Chris's age fair maybe not Matthew's because he's a skinny jeans wearing non-sleeved t-shirt top man model I'm also wearing skinny jeans shut up um, Christopher I'm not wearing skinny jeans. Not wearing any jeans at all. No, I'm. I'm just free. Just, just. I'm just sat here hands. with one ball hanging out of my boxer shorts, like a man. <laughs> where, where are you on the internet? And remind people about the Jerry Lawler tickets. Don't know anymore. <laughs> Don't look for me on the internet. I'm the least interesting thing I'm involved with at the moment. Um, at Eros Comedy, come and see Jerry Lawler. You won't get another chance. It's going to be out this world. Um, It'll be the best spoken word show you run. You'll see this year. That's it. Bottom line. No, no, no more hype needed. Um, go to at Future Shock Res, WRES, and um, you've got I think another twenty four hours to vote for who should challenge Zach Gibson. The main event of Reloaded this Sunday from five three two in Manchester, <laughs> Manchester, um, and you have a choice between delicious Danny Hope, uh, Sam Bailey, the very best, and Joey Hayes. And at the moment, it is neck and neck between Joey Hayes and Sam Bailey. The lead has changed almost on a daily basis. And this I'm is not. I'm voting now. Yeah. I'm legit voting. And now. this is not 
this is not something that's going to get fudged. It's entirely transparent. So whoever wins that poll tomorrow gets the shot on Sunday. Oh, and uh, I can also reveal um, that on Friday, the 24th of February, it's a week on Friday, we're back in Prestwich, and our adrenaline champion, young Sonna Derson, who we've mentioned earlier on, has said that he wants to face the very best around the world to bring uh, a certain sheen back to the adrenaline title after he feels that James Drake and Xander Cooper didn't really carry it the way he felt it should have been carried. Uh, So it will be Sonna Derson defending the adrenaline title against Fabian Eichner. And that is going to take place on 24th of February, the Longfield Suite in Prestwich. It's going to be a blinder. Get your tickets from futureshotwrestling.co.uk. Oh, and this Sunday, when we're in Manchester, we're starting at four. So you can come and see us, then go to ICW afterwards. So have a fantastic day of wrestling. And note that the bar prices in our venue are slightly cheaper than the Ritz. So come along, watch wrestling, get half-pissed there, and then make your way to ICW and vomit on them. Wow. Um, Thank you, Chris. Anytime. Um... Eroscomedy.com? Eroscomedy.com. We got the dot .com. We got the dot .com. Not the dot .co.uk, you, you although I think... Splashed out. I think the redirects there, though, so... Yeah. Uh, uh, Jimswarmer.com. Yeah. Uh, what's your website, Matt? Don't have one. Do you not? No, I'm, I'm Twitter. Get on Squarespace, mate. He's I'm fairly sure he sponsored this podcast today. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, use my promo code. Thanks. He's on uh, Bebo, is Matt. <laughs> Probably still am somewhere. Face party as well. He's <laughs> definitely on Tinder. Um... Right now, <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally doing it. Um, me, at Jim Smallman, uh, my wrestling company, this is underscore progress. But don't, 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 don't mention <laughs> Follow them everything anymore. we do. Um, they don't need your support anymore. Um, we We're too do. big. We always need your support and we love it. Um, uh, point people at this podcast, jimsmallman.com slash TNJ. Uh, download me stand up show, jimsmallman.com slash mygirls. Uh, my gigs are on my website as well. Um, uh, and obviously support everything on the Distraction Pieces Network Um, be back next week hopefully with a fairly cool little interview that I've got planned Um, in the meantime thanks Chris thanks Matt let's go throw bread rolls at Matthew cheers guys ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.